everyone. Welcome to the Felicity Optimist versus Cynic podcast with us, your hosts, Melissa and Fish. This is a Felicity rewatch podcast. We'll watch an episode each week and join you here to talk about it. A reminder, the reminder we always give, this is not a spoiler-free podcast, so you could hear some things when we cover this episode that come up in future episodes. That's how it works. So uh, if you want to hear some things that may come up in the future, this is the place to be. I am Melissa, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Fish. Fish, How are you doing today? I'm lovely today. Um, Yeah, lots of stuff. So we had to record back to back uh, two days, not not like four hours and then four hours. Um, But yeah, a lot of stuff was, um, it was bugging me yesterday. I had... I lost my little microphone thing for my new earphones. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just, you ever had one of those days where it's just like, all right, like a bunch of stuff just all went wrong. And then today, everything went right. So it was like, hey, everything's working. Found the microphone. It was hiding from me. Okay. Um, But I got it. And, And just everything's going good. Oh, well, how about that? Well, you know, maybe that will, I don't know, infuse its way into how you feel about the episode or not. I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah. But we are going to talk about season two, episode 17. This one is entitled Documentary 2, part two. Um, this one originally Oops. aired April 12th, 2000. And it was directed by Stan Salfus. And this one was written by J.J. Abrams and Tracy Abrams, who I meant to look up before this to figure out who that is. Uh, (laughs) But I didn't. And maybe I'll do that when I throw it over to you. So here's the episode description. As Sean films his pal's love lives for a second time, Ben tries to field Sean's queries while masking resentment at Felicity's attraction to Greg and dealing with his own unresolved feelings for her. Meanwhile, Felicity applies to become Greg's paid assistant. Noel stresses about losing midterms he has yet to grade. And Tracy deliberately provokes Elena. Okay. They got like one and a half sentences right there. Well, I mean, it's not that far off. Um, I I don't know that Ben was masking anything (laughs) towards Greg. He's not masking it to us. Or to anyone. He just continues to say he's a dick. I guess the problem is that Felicity isn't noticing. (laughs) Yeah. He's masking his issues with Felicity. Yeah. Not so much his feelings about Greg. I think that's a fair observation. (laughs) Like how she's not noticing it at this point. I don't even know what to tell you. But um, one of the things that uh, basically, as soon as this episode was done, I said to Fish, Fish, I have double the notes that I normally do. Uh, is that reflective <laughs> of where you are? And Fish was like, oh my God, yes. Yeah. So I don't know what that means, but <laughs> we, <laughs> there's a lot to cover in this one. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering uh, like where, where you want to start with it. Well, I think I would like to start with the like, there's good news, bad news mm. on the Greg front. Because let's just dive right in to Greg. Yeah. Um, look, if you are a Greg fan, which is none of you, or <laughs> if you hate Greg, which is all, all of you, of you yeah. um, 
either way, there's some good news and there's some bad news yeah, from, from my perspective. Uh, the good news is Greg cut his hair and I don't like, I don't hate it. I mean, the, all of the hair product in the world has already gone into the main <laughs> cast's hair. So he is one of the only characters sans hair product. Okay. Um, or obvious hair product that we can see. I did notice what was happening in Ben's hair. <laughs> All of them. They did it to Noel. I, didn't I mean, that. they did it to Javier. Oh. They well. did it to uh, Jim. They, they didn't do it to Doug. Um, but like everybody like the hair product budget was high like the, the, the gel show. sponsorship <laughs> yes. was significant for the yeah yes. the, okay fair enough um so you know i was appreciating that so i will just say that like i have no issue with his new haircut i think he actually looks good with it on the other hand i am going to be calling greg out big time for this episode oh so yeah this is definitely my least favorite greg episode and kind of like i was liking him before still liking him like he was he was pompous and i wasn't a big fan of that but i could forgive it then i was liking him for two episodes and now it's like I'm I'm really I've already started rolling down the hill mm. and the question with the next episode is am I going to gain momentum or not yeah because I'm already going pretty fast okay. downhill okay. so we'll just yeah I'll continue to talk about that um also not a fan of Dr. Pavone in this one so Melissa and I are gonna have a lot to talk about I'm sure yeah okay that's interesting yes. All right. Well, we will just have to go ahead and see. Shall we start from the beginning on this one? I don't know if there's like, I think we just go in order because there's so much like little scenes, everybody folded in. Yeah. It's, it's, it would be really hard to pull out any one thread and maintain yeah. it. I mean, we could pull out the Elena Tracy stuff, but there's no real reason. I don't think there's um, a, Yeah, I think we just go in order with this. Because, you know, this is ultimately part of, uh, you know, a, a very stylized episode. We've seen this style before. They did a documentary in freshman year in the first season. And, and we now we're getting to it. part two. So this... This one, um, not every single scene is done in the documentary format. It's, you know, a lot of times when they're, when Sean and Richard are filming, there are some scenes where they're editing. And so we're getting um, like looks at Sean and Richard, and then there's stuff that's happening that they didn't cover. So we're getting a bit of a mix, uh, but, but it really all fits within this like the story that they're building around the documentary yeah so i'd like to start with uh we see a close-up of sean's face mm -hmm. melissa what's on his face uh you said a goatee and a mustache yes yeah he does he does have the goatee going on it's not very strong at the bottom mm -hmm. but um i didn't just say it 
you did see it. I, I did. I yeah, said I it did multiple see it times. You were you were making me see it. Yeah, that, <laughs> yes. that, that that was happening. Yeah. Yes. And Melissa, like, Melissa proceeded. Acknowledge this is what yes. you were like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But Melissa very kindly said he looks good. Hey, looks so good. hey, we know that uh, that Melissa's into goatees. For all I don't you know if I'm into goatees in general, but like I, I think she appreciates it. It, it either kind of works or it basically doesn't. And I was like, eh, that's fine. Yeah. Um, Richard, on the other hand, who I had not figured out was the person behind the camera just yet, has a different opinion of Sean's face. Well, and and we should say that this is a this is a new partnership because in the first season when we saw the documentary episode, Sean was going it alone. And now, you know, he's at the big time. He's having conversations with the Independent Film Channel and he needs a, an assistant. So Richard is uh, a little bit of everything here. <laughs> um, yep. But, you know, he certainly has a, a bigger role. And, and so when we see Sean in front of the camera, it's Richard behind the camera here. But we don't know that yet. Mm-hmm. We just hear somebody saying... You know, Sean says, how do I look? And we just hear some word come out of the ether, which is fat. And Sean's like, no, 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 just back up a little bit. You're not doing it right here, here. Okay. And he turns his head to the side. He's like, all right, how do I look now? And then again, we just hear out of the ether, still fat. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that point, I was like, is that Richard? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> It became very clear that it was Richard and, um, you know, bad on you. Like, I will call him out for his his facial hair choices, but but Sean looks good. Sean's a good-looking man. Mm-hmm. Um, so just Richard, don't you dare. I mean, for sure, Team Sean now. I, I am definitely well, yeah. Team Sean. Yeah, Team Sean. Team Sean. Um, so the... The one thing I want to say about the structure, not the structure, the technique that they're using here that I think is interesting for us to look at as we go through is that in order to film an episode like this, there are unions, right? So like people who are supposed to be operating them, operating the camera, they have to be the ones operating the camera. People who are, you know, so like there are roles here that the actors have to pretend they're playing. So for example, we know that in season one, when they did the documentary episode, Greg Grunberg, who was playing Sean, could not operate the camera when he was supposed to be operating the camera. So there was like somebody operating the camera who's a camera <laughs> operator. And then Greg Grunberg, like face right next to him <laughs> saying words because they were trying to pick up that audio as if he were behind the camera. So like, in season one, when they did this, they didn't necessarily go into things that were like that complex for that relationship. It was like, okay, Sean's behind the camera and he's sort of there. But in this one, they actually do some things that I was like, I wonder how, (laughs) I wonder how they got that footage. Like, I wonder who was, it must've been fairly complicated because we see like in a lot of, in a lot of scenes, for example, we'll see Richard holding a boom mic and there was probably another boom <laughs> operator holding a boom over him, you know? So I was, I, I would love as we're looking through this, cause we're going to get so many scenes where they're filming the documentary. Um, like, 
just asking ourselves, like, what did it actually look like behind the scenes? <laughs> like, how many humans were involved in like repli? It, it must have been like a you know triple self portrait or a, like a like a reflection yeah. in a reflection in a reflection. <laughs> like, <laughs> I I was getting a lot of joy out of looking at it that way, but I think it would be fun if we put our heads together <laughs> to go yeah. do this. Um, that so has my, not occurred to me. My assumption here is that for this opening shot, we've got Sean in front of the camera. We've got a camera operator behind the camera and we've got Richard right next to him or we've got Rob Benedict right next to him um, voicing Richard. And then uh, and then we see Ben come in. So this isn't too complex, but it's going to get to many levels as we go yeah. through this today. Yeah, this is definitely getting to like level two inception. Uh shots um yeah so cool so. i can't wait to look at that stuff because i've never that, had to think about this that um, would be really cool to see some like uh some pictures it you would know just be. some stills of like this episode it would be i wonder if that. anybody ever took stuff like that behind the scenes i'd be so fascinated to see like the layers yeah. of it um so again we just have to reach out to you guys uh if anybody I mean, we'll also do some research, but if anybody finds any pictures of like three boom mics just hanging over, you know, Richard over <laughs> Ben. So funny. So funny. It's so meta. Um, yeah, love it. But so we're, we, we do get that intro with Richard and Sean, but Sean gives us a little exposition here. He says he's been talking to some people at the Independent Film Channel and they were like, we need scope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Sean's getting scope and content here. And uh, he's going back and getting more, more footage, more, more continuation of the story that he started last year's story was very much about love, love lives of, you know, the, his friends in college. And so he needs more scope. And who shows up? Mm-hmm. Ben. It's Ben. Mm-hmm. I mean, he does live there. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, what we seem to understand is this is going to be an ongoing project. And this year, the theme is what do you want to do with the rest of your life? And it's like, nope, 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 nope. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, this is my worst nightmare. Yeah. Go away. Just no. And, and he just says no. And we know Sean. And now Sean is with Richard. Uh, and so the two of them together start stalking Ben throughout the apartment. Mm-hmm asking if he will do this over and over and over and over again and they're just like so you want to do this no you want to do this no you want to do this no you think felicity wants to do this no (laughs) (laughs) one of my favorite moments is he actually like gets in the shower and they're still filming him asking him if he will do this and he puts his whole face up against the, the like opaque, glass. yeah, yeah, opaque shower glass. It goes, no. His <laughs> like face is like smushed up. No. Yeah, exactly. that was that was good. I actually wasn't sure what door he was buying. He was in the shower. It looked. I mean, I don't know where else you put that. That makes sense. I was like, why does he? Because it looks like one of those doors that you would have like in an office full of teachers, where they'd have like <laughs> you, you know, like the old 
uh, not stenciling, but like you'd have like the name of the teacher and then you'd have the frosted glass. It looked like that. And I was like, well, I already have that in the apartment. But you're right. It probably yeah, was shower. the shower door. Yeah. Oh my God. That's creepy. <laughs> um, okay. So Ben doesn't want to do it, but we learned something very important here that sets us up for this episode. Ben, uh, you know, this getting these community service hours done has been really bearing down on him. And since he never committed to a job, <laughs> has like he's like, I have like six, six jobs right now. And we're going to see a few of those as we go along. And, um, uh, you know, this it, it is so it makes me so happy yeah, to see it's Ben. So ben. <laughs> It's so bent because not only is this, I mean, this is kind of the right move for him, right? He's mm -hmm. like, I mean, first of all, it's a Ben move. Mm -hmm. And second of all, it's, I've got six jobs in the next 72 hours and then I'm done. But what he's getting is like the experience of six whole jobs. Like if you want to figure out what you want to do, right? Don't spend the whole summer interning at like a clinic. No, six jobs, 72 hours, you'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. Maybe not, mm -hmm. but this is, his, <laughs> this is his, his way to go about it. It sort of is. I mean, in future episodes, we're going to see a much more intentional look at him actually finding <laughs> what he wants to do. This is like a get the hours done. Here's your assortment of things that will get you there. It is hysterical. Um, but they just set amazing. it up for him here where it's like, yeah, he's, we're going to show an array of jobs that he is on campus doing. Yeah. Um, and he will learn during one of them that he does deeply regret breaking into the pool and will never, true. ever do it again. That's on the way. We're, we're getting there. But we're going to close out this teaser with a little Star Trek tribute. Um, oh so Richard and which is totally lost on both of us to the extent that I had to actually look up what this was a reference to. I thought maybe Star Trek, but I wasn't prepared to go out on a limb and say that on a podcast until I looked it up. Um, he, so, uh, basically Richard and Sean are just fooling around and, and now Sean's behind the camera and Richard is in front of it. And he's like, wait, 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 put the camera on me just shake it back and forth a little bit. So they're like tilting the camera and he's like, I can't do it, Captain. And he's like doing this whole thing where he's pretending he's in like, a, I don't know what he's pretending he's in because I don't watch Star <laughs> Trek actually. Uh, like imagine, picture it, Star Trek spaceship going crazy. <laughs> yeah, um, the only reason that I, so I went through the, <laughs> the script, well, at least part of the script and it says that he was being Captain Kirk. So- okay. I do go. know enough to say he was being the original William Shatner, who I Kirk, yeah. absolutely love in just about everything he's done, but Star Trek. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> I really enjoy like Boston Legal and those Priceline ads. I'm not sure the Priceline ads are like his signature role, but they oh, are, you know, Famous. He's known for it. Yeah, yeah, he's known for it. Well, anyway, so this reference is obviously lost on us. Yes. Don't know how much of a crossover audience there was at this time with mm. uh, Felicity and Star Trek fans. But, no idea. you know, we're getting this. So they're just goofing around, getting some fun footage. And when we come back from the opening credits, we're going to be at Dean and DeLuca. And in my notes, I kind of had to capture like which 
which scenes were documentary documentary style and which ones weren't. This one was. Yes. So Javier's being interviewed while he's at Dean and DeLuca. Well, he's considering it. He's thinking about it. He's not sure. Yeah. He's heard that the, the camera adds 50 pounds. And no, no. And Sean, um, you know, he, he reassures him it's only 10. Mm-hmm. And Javier's like, oh, okay. I'm Just 10? Yeah. Ten's okay. Like I, I give you ten. It's like the funniest negotiation, right? It's like okay, well, it's gonna be ten. It's like the negotiation that works out well for Sean versus one we'll see later that works out very, very poorly. Um, Uh, I don't know if it's so much of a negotiation. (laughs) Yeah, can't Um, wait to get to that scene. Oh my god, there's so many good scenes here. Oh well, while the camera's rolling. Felicity comes out of the stockroom with a tray full of pastries. Yep. That she probably was going to sadly stack somewhere. Yeah. But instead, all I have down is the word fleas. Yeah. She flees. And slams the door in right the in the camera their face. face. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do like <laughs> this this episode also, I mean, obviously is gonna get pretty meta. It's gonna, it's gonna be really um it's a wink and a nod episode so this is a line that felicity says right after this is one of the first things where you know they're trying so she comes out of the stock room (laughs) and (laughs) they're trying to convince her to be interviewed and to continue the story from last season last year last the last footage they shot and, you know, these, they're talking about the whole love storyline and Felicity says, it's not a storyline. It's my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of callbacks in yeah. this episode in oh, so, so many. many ways. Yeah. Um, I love, I love so many of them too. Yeah. Uh, a lot of season well one references. Yes. And a lot of decisions being made in the exact same way. Yeah. Yeah. Or mirrored um, with other characters. Um, right. The, yeah. As part of the means of trying to convince Felicity to do it, Sean's like, well, Ben agreed. She's like, really? Yeah. She's she's like, well, I don't really believe you. But, you know, Sean is trying to tap into her empathy here. You know, he he's like, look, this is the first real chance like I've ever got at something legit, like I need your help here. Like you're the star and, um, and Ben's doing it Mm -hmm. (laughs) just flat out lying. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Although I guess at some point Ben must've agreed because we're going to cut to Ben at job Mm -hmm. number one. Did he, did he agree though? Well, they're following him. Yeah. I don't, he, he was very clear in the first scene he says, I've got six jobs and Sean's like, fantastic. We will follow you at all <laughs> six jobs. And Ben is like, no, you won't. All right. No, you won't. Yeah. And cut to the next scene. He has on a heavy duty hairnet. I mean, yeah, the one we've all been waiting flattering for. about this. It's, it's a coarse weave. <laughs> You know, uh, and the really funny part here, and the whole thing is funny, but the other funny part is that Richard is now going to be the boom operator. He's going to be holding a boom mic through a bunch of scenes, and he also has to wear a hairnet. 
Yes. <laughs> he does. <laughs> My assumption is that Sean is also wearing a hairnet yes. behind the camera. So it's like, it looks silly enough to see Ben wearing it. And then it's like Richard's just <laughs> on the side wearing a hairnet too. Who has, he has no problem with that. Mm-hmm. He has an important job to do. He has to hold up the boom mic. And, um, and they have, they have not convinced Ben to do this. I mean, he's, he's standing there in this hairnet and Sean is still like, okay, well, I lied to Felicity. Let's do that again. Mm-hmm. Felicity said she'd do it. And, and he Ben's like makes like, the wait. mistake of mentioning Greg and then Ben's like, oh, that'll be good. Lots of statistics. That'll be interesting. Yeah. He's definitely still not okay about it, but um, yeah. Every time, this is something that keeps happening with Ben. Every time uh, Sean wants to come in and like ask him a serious question mm-hmm. or like start asking him questions, he always like distracts them and then says like, what, what's up with Felicity, right? He's like, so, you know, when are you doing this with Felicity? You know, Sean's like, I'm doing it with Felicity next. Um, and so this is the moment where Ben finds a retainer in, I'm assuming, the garbage slash on a tray in the cafeteria and has finally learned his lesson. This mm-hmm. is the moment where he has decided, I will never go break into the pool again. Yeah, just holding this retainer, he's having a real, a real moment. A moment. And yeah. then he goes off on Greg. He's, He's just questioning like, life. Yeah. This is not like not only am I holding this disgusting retainer now, Greg. Um <laughs> yeah. so yeah. He just um that's unfortunate. Yeah. Well, meanwhile, at the health center, so this is gonna be uh this scene is not being shot as a documentary as a documentary, but they're they're setting up for the documentary. <laughs> um, so Richard and Sean are at the health center, just getting things prepared to film, which includes the fact that Richard is trying to mic Felicity up. Yeah, she is. He's going all the way up the front of her <laughs> shirt, trying to hook up a lav mic. And she's, she's like, like what? hey, <laughs> <laughs> there is a Richard hand very close to my yeah very close and he's and he's like i'm just trying to get the audio and the thing is i believe him i do too you know it's like i really don't feel like he's having a moment where he's like oh i'm almost copping a feel like no richard's just doing his job no and and (laughs) this is felicity she has hurt his like yeah you know soulmate noel like he would (laughs) never cop a feel of this woman no no, he's never. This is like the most non-sexual, nearly copping a feel yeah. <laughs> that we're ever going to get yeah. uh, on this or any show, really. Um, I mean, I would have expected him to turn around and like Purell his hand afterward. Maybe. maybe. Yeah. And so Richard and Sean do a thing that we later discover is a bit of a tactic where the camera's actually running, that nobody yeah. is told that. Uh, Felicity and Greg are sitting on the couch and Richard and Sean are just bickering and they leave. They have to go find something. So they leave them unattended. 
they have to get lights. So they're, they're running in out, in and out, trying to set up and they've got the camera on, they've got the camera there and they have to set up all these lights. So they're properly lighted, mm-hmm. which of course involves Richard unplugging the computer, losing all of Greg's files. Well, but before we get there, so while they're out of the room and it's just Greg and Felicity there, not knowing that they're being recorded, they, and we don't know that either yet, um, Greg says to Felicity, did you kiss me? Because they haven't actually talked about that that we've seen since the Revolutions episode that we just had. So he's like, did you kiss me? And he's like, yeah, I guess I did. And he's like, I can't stop thinking about it. Yeah, and even before that happens, we come in and we see Greg and he's had a haircut and Melissa had no idea. She was like, oh, is this the first time we see he has a haircut? I'm like, oh. I mean, I knew that he would eventually have a haircut. I couldn't remember if. If If he had uh, it last episode. Yeah, I couldn't remember. (laughs) No. Um, But we come in, the haircut's good. And um, here's where Greg already starts to get a little creepy. Like, I wasn't sure where he was going with this. So, and I'm still not sure where he was going with this. Um. Because he says to her, I can't stop thinking about it. I guess I owe you one. What does that mean? Um, he, he, he tries to like, he says something later at the end of the episode that's like, haha, I'm giving you a kiss back. Like, now we're even. But like, oh. what we're about to see seems to be a long stretch of him potentially paying her back Mm. maybe yeah i can already see how how the lens that you're looking at this whole episode through when it comes to greg i think with greg i have uh, and it could absolutely be creepy and i think this is this is you know how the me too stuff happens but i also think yep that he he really cares about Felicity. Like, I think that this is him really excited about a budding relationship. Doesn't matter. Yeah. From your perspective, I can see that it doesn't matter to me. This is, um, this is an actual relationship that's forming. And Uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. (laughs) It's illegal. It's uh, sex in return or a relationship in return for getting money, a job, Mm-hmm. It's everything about the Me Too movement. It's everything yeah. that's wrong about having like a male boss. And it's, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, it, I, for me, there's, there is context here though, because I think, yes, I, I look, I've, I've witnessed many cases of the Me Too movement happening. You know, like I, I've, I've seen it all. And I think this is, this is not just like, a creepy person trying to get in somebody's pants and offering somebody a job. I do think that this is a real relationship. And I think there have been other shows that have tried to get, um, like in more recent years, they've tried to address this by like, oh, all of a sudden there's HR paperwork we can fill out so that it's acknowledged that we have a relationship. And like, there have been, there have been shows that have tried to, um, I can't remember what the show is that I'm thinking of when I said that the bold type, maybe, um, where it's like, oh, this would otherwise be creepy and weird, like what they're we're gonna see with the Greg storyline. 
if you're looking at it that way, except they then say, oh, well, as long as we all acknowledge it and sign waivers and put this in front of HR, now we're going to be okay with it. Well, we didn't, they didn't have that stuff to fall back on at this point. So I also feel like, no, no, yeah, no, because he gives her a job that someone else is more qualified for and should have had. Like, it's not like they were in the workplace and she had a job and then they started dating and they had to fill out HR paperwork. Yeah. He literally gave her a job and PS, while he said it had nothing to do with anything else, he held back that form until she agreed to go out with him. Yeah. So believe what you want about that, but it's like parsing the difference between violent rape and date rape. Like both are rape, you know, both, this is me too movement, but like, yeah, he's not saying you can't have the job unless you go down on me, but he's still, no, I'm definitely not getting that from Greg here. I no, like, I no, understand no, I'm saying I'm not, like, he's not saying that. This. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but he f- is giving her a job in return for the hope of sexual favors slash a relationship. Um, I don't see that being the cause and effect here. I really don't. Um, then why didn't Jim get the job? No, I do think I do think that he wants to be around Felicity, and I think the speech that he makes later. Although I know we're we'll get more into when we get when we actually get there, but I think him saying being excited about seeing you at work makes me better at my own job. I think he really believes that. I think that's a factor. I think I've felt that in my own life when I show up in places where there's somebody that I'm interested in, I'm a better version. I'm trying to be a better version of myself in those places. So I get all that from him. I think I understand, and I'm not trying to sit here and say the Me Too movement doesn't exist or like, that is not how I want to come across here. I totally like have witnessed this type of stuff play out. But I also think that from where I'm looking at it, like his intentions here do not feel lined up with some of the worst examples that we've seen of that. And all of it gets lumped together when we use a phrase like Me Too movement. But I think Greg is very interested in Felicity and would be interested in her whether or not she's working at the health center at this point. Yeah. But my point is what happens when the relationship doesn't work out and he's not the best version of him? anymore around well i think that's the same thing for every office relationship ever and i think some people not if it's the person who is most qualified for the job that's why you have an hr department the conversation with pavone gets interesting to me and where i do not agree with her yeah i do agree with her um so i think that i think she's saying felicity take your opportunity because there's going to be a lot of opportunities you don't get for the same reason. And I fully believe that. And I've fully experienced that. So I, I think that's where it's really important to have that voice coming in to show the different sides of it. Um, I think you and I should probably keep moving through chronologically (laughs) because we're going to cover all of this again anyway. Um, we get to so so where we the left point off was he episode. had a haircut yeah they were talking about a kiss he said he owed her one and we all by the end know that this is being filmed yeah yeah we don't know that yet but we will but you can kind of feel that that's probably what's happening here um i had no idea oh you didn't okay oh, um well you'll be told later then so like they'll catch you up with that but 
we, uh, when Richard and Sean come back in the room, this is actually like a little piece of a scene that I don't know how many times I've watched this. Cause anytime I watch, I'm like, Oh, I have to watch it again and again and again. <laughs> um, there's just a short sequence of events where Richard is so like, they're just so determined to do their jobs that they're just causing wreckage all around. <laughs> <laughs> Richard goes to plug in the lights mm-hmm. and the only place to plug it in, I guess, is where the computer's plugged in. So we see a computer fully on, files open. He just rips the plug out. Yeah. And then just as he goes to do that, Craig goes, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> and then you hear like the of the computer. And he's like, and Richard's like, what? He's like, never mind, never mind. <laughs> it's done. And then Richard goes to plug in the lights. And you get this look, you're looking straight at Felicity and Greg sitting on the couch and the brightest lights in the whole world. So light, it's so bright. <laughs> they both it's just go, so oh. Bright. And they, <laughs> like, it's, I don't know how long that sequence takes, five seconds. It's so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Richard just doesn't have any clue. Um, oh, Richard is fantastic in this. He just goes through and wrecks like people's lives and for our amusement yeah yeah i mean i do think richard is like the mvp although ben and his facial expressions i don't know the two of them are competing for me for mvp mm-hmm. of uh of this episode yeah well we're gonna get so that uh we we basically cut from that to like we don't even really see that interview we cut from that to they're back with Ben. Yep. Uh, they move so quickly between scenes in this episode. Um, ben is still in the cafeteria mm-hmm. and he's starting to get a little fed up and he realizes Richard is there. And so he's going to give Sean a little, you know, a little of a little taste of his own medicine. Mm-hmm. Well, first we're going to get the, the moment to bring us back to that location where Richard is imitating the slippery when wet sign yeah. wearing his hairnet. <laughs> And Such a great. Then so, so we great. get the meat of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, great album. Love it. Oh, okay. Um, Ben is is like kind of needling Sean here. <laughs> he's he's annoyed, and he yeah. He's like, oh, you're gonna put me on blast. All right. Well, hmm. Let's just start talking about you. Mm. You know who I think you should interview? Julie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're going to tell her you love her. Yeah. Are you? Right in front of Richard. And then like, Richard's what? just like, what? Huh? What? <laughs> <laughs> and the expression on Ben's face is gotcha. priceless. He, yeah. yeah. He's just like, yeah, that's right. I can do this to you, too. Yeah. Take oh, that to the IFC. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, we're going to cut from that to another extremely short scene of Javier in a toupee. Oh, I thought it was just additional hair product, you know. Could have been, but he doesn't have any of that hair, right? Yeah, now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, this this has got to be a wig slash toupee. I think it has uh, to be. Yeah. Um, it's it's a little Elvis. It's a little Elvis. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. And 
I don't know really what they're giving him to for questions here, but they, they want him to talk about Felicity and he loves her and she's an autumn. Just like him. Yeah. Like they could be sisters. They could be. And then he gets into this whole, like, tell us about Noel. Well, if Noel were gay. I mean, Samuel, watch out. Yeah. Pack your bags. Uh, I'm here just, if it's rent controlled. Yeah. Yeah. Noel's a cutie pie. I'm telling you. That's the deal. He's cute. How are you just going to get a bunch of questions like that as I think about it? Yeah, uh, he just pretty much <laughs> talks about every person. He's like, yeah, Felicity. Yeah, Noel. Yeah, Ben. Yeah, Elena. Julie. Yeah. His comments about Julie are just <laughs> off the wall. But yeah, um, <laughs> it's a lot of that with Javier because they don't really have like a major storyline for him to unpack. So he's just going to give his commentary about everybody else. Mm-hmm. And then... Then we're going to switch over to Noel being a TA and we're still, this is still all documentary style. Um, They're actually in the, like, I just, I don't know how they got clearance to be in all of these places. They probably didn't. I doubt they did. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So, you know, Noel is in front of the room about to administer a test and Ben you know, Ben's in the room and you can hear Richard be like, good luck, Ben, good luck, <laughs> Ben, you got this. Um, and so much hair product, so much hair product. but then they're actually going to interview Noel yes. very briefly. Who kind of says, you know, maybe teaching is what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. You know, he never thought about it before, but now he's a TA and. And this seems to just like blow Sean and Richard's minds. I mean, last year he was an RA Mm -hmm. and this year he's a TA. Mm -hmm. I don't know why that's funny, but um, they find it hilarious. Yeah, they do. It's like the mind blown emoji, but back then. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They really do move very quickly between all these things. So we're Mm going to get from all this, which was basically a series of the documentary style, different interviews or, or like moments that we're seeing with different characters. And now we're going to switch over to non-documentary. Yes. Yeah. Um, Just, just in the health center, just. Yeah. Felicity and someone I had to just put a question mark next to because we've never seen this person before. Yeah, we've never seen them. Never. I, think, I think that's a bit and of a my disadvantage. Guess is we're not going to see them again, nope. are we? Yeah, didn't think, think so. so. <laughs> um, like, I was like, you are a one one episode Jim. We find I out his think name is Jim. So. Yeah. And if we do see him again, it's not because he has a storyline. Yeah. But he does have a good portion of the hair product budget Mm. invested in him. And he shows up here. So we're at the health center. Felicity is at the desk, I guess, manning the phones. And this guy whose name will later be declared as Jim. But we we don't know that yet. Um, For now, he's question mark guy. Yeah, He's basically dropping every euphemism about Maureen, <laughs> who we also have never met. Yeah, he's I was like, like you we seen her? Yeah. Did you yeah. see Maureen today? Well, we're not going to see her tomorrow. Mm-mm. Her lunch isn't going to be here. 
And I'm going to park the I, car in the parking lot. Like it was just like, he just goes on a list of like, Maureen is not yeah. here anymore. It kind of evoked um, that Monty Python sketch about like the dead parrot. It was just like, I don't I know if you've ever seen that one. one. I don't think I've seen that one. This is a really big stretch now that I'm saying it, but maybe <laughs> if somebody is, is actually familiar with it. So basically there's, there's a, there's a short skit from Monty Python where some guy goes to return a parrot because the parrot to a pet store because the parrot is dead and has been since he bought it. And the guy at the pet store is like, no, 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 not dead. And he goes through like an entire like five minutes of euphemisms about what the parrot actually is other than dead. Mm-hmm. Many of them are euphemisms for being dead. <laughs> and it's like, he's not pining. Like, like he's pining for the fjords. That's what he's doing. It's like, what? he's definitely not pining. He's, he's dead. Like, <laughs> and it's, it's, I don't know. So for whatever reason that evoked this for me, but shorter. Um, yeah. I thought Maureen potentially had been fired, but it turns out she is neither dead nor fired. Uh, she, she quit. She quit on her own. Seems like everybody agrees that it was a quit. Um, yep. And then Jim makes a terrible mistake. Absolutely horrible. Worst mistake ever. He asks Felicity's fashion advice about a sweater. Yeah. That's what happens. She's going to leave you with that. Well, she told him to take it off. She said she didn't. She's like, eh, not great. Did you agree? All she said was, hmm. That's all she said. In her very Felicity, don't love it kind of way. Yeah. Did you agree with that take? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, the sweater needed to be taken off and it was, it was immediately taken off. It, he, yeah. he removed it from his body. Come to think of it. Well, okay. Never mind. Um, <laughs> I feel like you'd hear rustling of a mic, but maybe they had a boom operator. Um, anywho. So we're going back to the documentary style now and we're going to go basically well, so before we go there, like I just noticed in Felicity's eyes, she thought about it for a sec and was like, uh, I want that job. Mm. She's like, I want that. I want that to be mine. Well, and it's important to remember too, that although it's obviously bearing down on us that Ben has to get his community service hours done, like actually Felicity is in that same place. She's on the verge of being done with her community service hours, which we feel as the episode goes on, but in this moment, they haven't set that up the way they did for Ben. So, um, you know, she's staring down the barrel of not being at the health center anymore. So when she finds out about this, it's like, oh, hmm. I could maybe be at the health center still. So it's like, I don't know if she had given any thought to how else had this not she, been she presented. Thought, well, she thought she could volunteer. Okay. Cause yeah. Greg has to disabuse her of that later. But here she's like, not only do I get to stay, I get paid. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's hitting her, but even in that first scene, we don't really know that the stakes are that way for her yet, the way that we do for Ben, because Ben's like on this mission to get these community service hours done. But she's she's almost there too. And probably is further along than he is because <laughs> she's been consistently working at the health center this whole time. However, um, in 72 hours, you will be done. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> so, so now we go back to the documentary style. Felicity is going to be interviewed in front of the camera. She's like, she tells us she wants a job. Mm-hmm. She's interested. Yep. And then Sean and Richard just, uh, this was unfortunate. So <laughs> Sean's like, well, last year you were straddling art and medicine. Mm-hmm. Like, and you were straddling no. That's a Richard line. That's a Richard line for sure. Yep. yep that's yep. the one they give to, to Richard. Um, just, 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 you know, you gotta, you gotta chase that guy with like disclaimers and waivers all day. Like I apologize. Like just have him sign here for all the things he says. No. Oh my muzzle. God. The answer is muzzle. That's the other way. Yeah. Like, or if Megan ball gag, like one or the other. Yeah. It's one of those things. We're going to get to another really short interview with Javier that basically addresses a thing that you and I were talking about on the last episode, Fish. Yeah, we were just saying this. Yeah, and they very much fulfilled our needs. Yeah, Um, it was great. Javier is asked about Ben, about his thoughts about Ben. And and Javier sort of was like, oh, he's this cute, dumb dumb guy. But, But the twist... Is that he's not dumb at all. Mm-hmm. He's actually pretty smart. And I was just, I was just saying this. <laughs> like, yes. it's like, yeah, just, we had this whole conversation about it and he just said it in like three seconds. Yeah. I mean, it's like, does the audience know? Cause they keep showing us these Ben or dumb moments. And it's like, I was like worried that you or other people in the audience who weren't as set up for it would be believing that. And then <laughs> here we get over here being like, Hey, audience, Ben's smart. <laughs> and like he's also funny. Cause then they, they go right into, you know, interviewing Ben and he's standing in the admin office and over his shoulder, you see this um, lovely woman, uh, older woman, sitting and um, moving very slowly to eat like crackers or something. Yeah, I thought maybe chips. I wasn't sure. Could be. And, and her name is Leonora. Yes. And apparently and, they have uh, a lot in common, he says. <laughs> we do. Yeah. Ben's like, we, we are having a great time here. Got my buddy over here. Just man so now you know we get the setup of he's now working in the admin office yeah remember who else was working in the admin office earlier on there's so many callbacks yeah to felicity was that all the pilot episode because she has a whole moment well we'll get to it yeah Um, i can't remember if it was the pilot episode or not but i it, it played out definitely like over say. two episodes because then she, she has to get to the point where she goes and yells at him. Yeah. The way they shot that scene and the way they shot that, even, even the way those two actors in. acted. Yeah. Um, was very, very similar, but yeah, there he's right back there in the admissions office doing the job that Felicity was doing where he's handling classified student files. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think we're absolutely, although they use it in a different way, I think that we're absolutely meant to call back to that. Um, yes. And then, and then we have the first time of many 
that Sean has decided that Richard no longer deserves the name Richard. And so he's decided to just start calling him Dick. (laughs) And for the rest of the episode, you just hear Dick, Dick. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that continues. But he's trying to hold the boom up. And, and Sean many times calls him Dick, at least in this episode. Mm-hmm. And Richard's just like, you really hate that guy, Greg. Yeah, well, he asks Ben point blank the question Ben hates. What do you want to do with the rest of your life? Right. So. And Ben, of course, it's not, Ben does not have to distract them this time. Mm-hmm. Dick will do it for him. Yeah, because his arms are getting tired and mm-hmm. he's been trying to hold just the, the, <laughs> the, I feel like this is something that an artist has to draw. Just this like yeah. Richard holding the boom mic with like sort of the, the beaches over there sort of pose, except it's with a boom mic yeah. and he's like chewing gum and scrawny and he like, but he's too weak to hold it up all this time. So the boom starts lowering directly <laughs> in front of Ben's face. Like very quickly. <laughs> and Richard has no problem with this. And he's just like, look, you know, I'm not Superman here. Yeah. And and Sean's just like, look, Dick. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. He's, you know, he got a, he's only working with so much of a skill set here, but, um, yeah. but, you know. But they had a large boom and it was covered by one of those like feathery looking things. Yeah. So it was like, actually Ben is standing there and it kind of looks like a gray feather duster is coming down on his head. Yeah. It covers I enjoyed his whole face. Whole face. Uh, <laughs> it's perfectly set up. And so again, like there was probably a boom operator holding a boom over Richard and Ben. Yep. For the and whole thing. Sean. And Sean probably. I don't I wonder where they put it. Because Richard was off to the side. Mm-hmm. So, like, unless they were doing one in between Richard and um, Ben, mm-hmm. then they would have had to have a third one on Sean. I mean, yeah. it's amazing. Uh, it's, yeah. It's just, yeah, just chef's kiss. So, um, <laughs> One thing that comes out here that's an unfortunate seed that got planted was yeah. as we're seeing yet again how much Ben ha- hates Greg. Was it Sean who makes the offhanded comment about, yes. well, you could just change his GPA because you got this access, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. first Ben makes the uh, the astute observation that the world is not does not operate correctly if he's the one who has access to your confidential information yeah um and yes then then sean is like i mean you hate that greg guy so just change his dpa it'll make you it'll make you feel better and you see ben go hmm Mm -hmm. it's Hmm. another situation in this episode where a character hears something and it was like interesting there's some temptations yeah. He's probably not going to change his GPA, but, but it's going to lead to something. Yeah. Um, did Did you say earlier that Pavone had mentioned to him, to Ben, that something about Greg's story? 
Does does um, Ben in this moment have any reason at all to believe that Greg has a checkered past? I she mentions it. Does she mention it to Felicity or Ben? Hmm. I mean, Greg definitely mentions it to Felicity. Felicity for sure knows, but I'm wondering in this I moment. I think Pavone mentions it to Ben. Yeah, could be. I feel like you had said that at one point. I don't remember hearing those lines, but in this moment, Ben is getting this idea Maybe that he's thinking already about possibly checking into Greg's files, but I don't know in this moment whether or not he thinks he might find anything. Um, so if if he knows that Greg has had like something CD happen in the past, then then it's uh, not that it's different, but it's like he knows. Okay, I'm going to find out what it is versus like the hail mary of like I'm going to check and see. If there's anything. Yeah, I don't think it was mentioned that it was like a seedy past. I think it was just, I think Pavone said something like, you know, Greg's been through a lot. Mm, okay. Well, maybe Ben is like thinking like, oh, there's a possibility I could find something here. Um, that's more than just an offhanded chance. So, so we are going to head from this into a non-documentary style uh, scene at the health center. And this is where Felicity is going to make a pitch to Greg. She wants to take Maureen's place. Yeah, but she's very clear that she does not want the job if it involves favoritism. Mm -hmm. And Greg is like, why would there be favoritism? And Felicity's like, come on. Um, And he like, he says, okay, you know, you're not wasting your time. There will be no favoritism. You know, mm-hmm. she, but she does rattle off a whole. Li- I didn't, I didn't note everything that she said that she had done, but she notes like a whole. She basically verbally gives him her resume um, yeah. to start with. She'll probably officially give it to him later, but there are quite a yeah, few things on it. She had volunteered at the Stanford Clinic. Um, she worked with her dad for like two summers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's she's, stuff already, she had... she's been working there and she knows Greg's work style. Yeah. Um, and other yeah. than the fact that she completely disrupted the health center for two days very recently, like mm-hmm. maybe a week ago, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> she's like, I, yeah, I basically know how you work. I've been shadowing you for the job that I've been doing. Um, so she, she has, she does have relevant experience, but I don't know how much, ex- like, I don't know. I don't really know, like to me, so this is a problem with me not really knowing what the health center roles would be like an assist. When you say Greg's assistant, to me, that sounds like an admin role. <laughs> like it sounds like a scheduling you, you, files, like stuff that doesn't really have. Um, they don't have a lot of staff. What I, my guess is the word assistant means is everything that needs to get done like, that Greg or a doctor can't do. Fully shadowing him. Uh, yeah, short I mean, it's going to be seeing patients. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. going to be running the volunteers. It's going to be running the comm serves. It's going to be mopping out the bathroom if that's yeah. what you need. Like, yeah, it's going to it's going to be the admin stuff too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's going to be sort of an all hands on deck thing. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That's that's my guess. 
Okay. So, um, so she's, she's hardcore pitching. They have this conversation. Greg is like, I wondered if you'd want to stay on after your community service ended, because that's probably been a question mark for him. She's been there as a punishment. Yeah. Here's the thing, Greg, if you'd been wondering about that and you did like her, maybe don't bring in Doug yet. Yeah, that is a problem with this. Uh huh. Maybe have that conversation first. Yeah, that would have, well, it wouldn't be conflict in TV if they did that, right? We need to have that. Doug was funny. Um, Doug was funny. Doug, thank goodness for Doug. But the yeah. yeah, that could have been a way to avoid a lot of this where, um, where that position was preserved. Yeah, uh, we Doug don't really know seem, Doug's story, but. Well, the thing is, Doug does not seem to know anything about this job yeah doug doesn't know doug's story either to be fair yeah yeah um so so there's that um so when they leave this conversation felicity says please officially consider me and so it is official but not if it's going to be the favoritism sure like she's doing a hard pitch but not really Mm. it's it's not the hardest pitch it's like no, I it was a pretty it. hard pitch. She went and she said, which it, it was the hard sell. It was, here's what I want. She asked for it. She yeah, but made several she only cases of what she it. wanted. She only wants it under certain conditions. That's yeah. Like yeah. But that was still a hard sell. Um, yeah. It was, it was a it hard was sell, but it wasn't the hardest sell because she gave it conditions. It's like, I'm really great. But if this is true, don't hire me. So for yeah. me, I don't consider that the, the no, I still sell. look at it as a hard sell. Cause I think a soft sell is like, is like, Hey, look at all these things I've done without ever actually saying you want the job. Um, so I think the, when you make a hard ask like that, that's, that's a hard sell. She just put a condition on it. Yeah. Um, we're going to stay non-documentary style here for a moment. So, oh boy. Um, mm-hmm. We are going to get kind of, well, this is a wordless scene, right? Where we're just seeing Ben checking, checking student files and basically mm-hmm. looking at Greg's file. We don't know what file he's looking at, but he's looking uh, at Greg's we file. Know, we know what file he's looking at. Yeah. They don't show us the file, but it's very clear. <laughs> like, yeah. He's looking at Greg's file. And this, this scene, um, you know, in, in season one, this is the one that Fish and I are thinking about when Felicity checks this Ben student file and reads the whole thing that he had written in his admission in his uh, application essay about his brother who he didn't actually have. And when we see that scene, it's the same look. We're seeing almost the same exact camera angle. Felicity's reading it. Her, she's like feeling all like her eyes are going wide. She, I think she puts her hand over her heart. In this one, Ben's reading it. His eyes kind of like focus in, and then he puts his hand over his mouth and in surprise, was like, "Oh, they really paralleled those scenes." Yeah, I mean they both like had one drawer open and the file open on top of it. I think the big difference was uh, Ben's scene was at night and Felicity's mm. was during the day. Yeah. So it really felt like he was creeping in there. Trying not to be caught. Yeah. yeah. 
but it, this doesn't happen by accident. There's more than one way to set up a camera. And I think the fact that they're really alluding to this, the way they've shot this is, I think there's a reason why Fish and I immediately independently of each other were like, oh yeah, season one. Yeah, because it's the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, but it's Ben doing it this time, right? So it's yeah. like, once again, you know, in a recent episode where I was like, Fish, could you have imagined that, yeah, you know, when you saw all the stuff happening in the pilot episode that we'd be seeing all of this mirrored from the, like, we'd be seeing this with Ben and it's like, wow, they're really going all the way there. You know what I bet Ben isn't going to do? What? Try to rewrite one of Felicity's papers. That is unlikely <laughs> at this stage in the game. Yeah, yeah. Then, like, like, can you imagine from this point forward, we just do the whole season one again, but with the reverse, that would have been a bad idea, but uh, fun to think about. Yeah. Yeah. But he's going to do, he's going to do the Ben version of that. Yeah. And <laughs> Felicity gets somebody who approaches her with a bag of dead rabbits at her dorm room <laughs> and strips down, like just, just some hot guy, like maybe Berkey. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely would be Berkey. I this writes itself, guys. I mean fan fiction this up a little bit. Um I mean we keep talking about fan fiction and like if no one else is gonna jump on this in the like five minutes I have free between now and like twenty fifty. <laughs> um, I might just jot something down. I mean I think we've already got some good ideas going here. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, I really want Berkey to be wearing like roughly the same outfit that Nicole was wearing. <laughs> like, it, it, like a gray dress. It definitely, it doesn't have to be a dress, but it's definitely got to have a zipper for like easy access. And mm-hmm. then like, you know, those, the pull off pants. It could be a rabbit onesie because it was oh, this no. is so wrong so wrong um, no no no. it's definitely because her her dress thing was like easy access yeah. and so for him i feel like he needs a hoodie that just zips down the front and then like rip off stripper pants yeah to have the same effect listeners you're either still with us or you're not <laughs> um, and for any of you thinking well where did he put the dead rabbits uh, you're on our page like yeah yeah, that's the thing. That's if you're thing. not thinking that, just skip this part and <laughs> try to get back on track. Oh, let's do so, that for them. Let's let's. We are now. <laughs> yeah. So we're now going to do that version. What I this is what I consider to be the writing of of Ben's paper version mm. of Ben, right? Because Felicity was trying to protect Ben. That's true. And Ben is now going to come in and, and do what he can to try to protect Felicity. And he is going That's to consult with Noel. Yeah. That is kind of an interesting way to look at that. So I see, yeah, I see where you're going with that. So this is still non-documentary. This is a private conversation between Ben and Noel after the test has been taken still in that same classroom. And Ben wants to talk with Noel about Greg and Felicity. So when with when the end Felicity happens, Noel's ears certainly perk up. Mm-hmm. And 
he's like, don't you, is there something kind of funny about him? He was like, Greg? Ben's like, well, I just found out something kind of messed up about him. He got busted for cocaine possession. Yeah. I mean, first Ben comes in and is like, what do you know about Greg? And mm-hmm. I was like, he seems nice. You know, he helped me and Ruby. And then Ben goes in with the, what about Felicity? Like, are they dating? And this hadn't all been on Noel's sudden, radar, I don't think. Yeah, not at all. And this seemed very weird to me. Like, the two of them, oh, man, I would be so pissed if, like, two of my exes are sitting around chatting about, like, the whether it's okay for me to be dating the new guy mm-hmm. like this is why i don't stay friends with my exes yeah, yeah. um i mean there's uh, yeah ben's crossing all kinds of lines for sure and um, so is i mean noel's not helping no he's he's not i don't this wasn't on his radar before ben had this conversation but once it's on his radar he's like ooh, yeah don't love this um yeah so when, two years ago mm-hmm uh so we know we know the time frame mm-hmm. two years uh greg got busted for cocaine possession and Little has greg that. been working at the health center for about a year uh, it's got to be less than two years and i'm really surprised because look you get busted <laughs> you get busted for cocaine it takes what at least three months of rehab three four months okay and then for anyone to consider you for a position where there are any type of controlled substances um usually the requirement is five years of sobriety oh so four years is like a maybe but like two years is not i mean i clearly they had to truncate this for you know everyone being roughly the same age yeah but just for the record if you get busted for cocaine possession do not expect to get a job in the government with any kind of clearance or in the healthcare field for like four to five years (laughs) yeah because i think you could sit here and say okay well maybe he he took a year off for me. Like you could say that, like maybe that's why he seems to be older, why we thought he's older, but they've given us some really fixed timelines here. Mm-hmm. If Ben said in this scene that he's been, that this happened two years ago, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure we learned at one point that that Greg's been there for a year. Like, I but think they- Jim's been at the health center longer than Greg has. I mean, I could understand why Jim was so pissed then. Yeah. Um, I think he has to be, because I think Jim said two years that he's been there. So, so, uh, so what you're saying is that's not even a thing. Greg wouldn't have his position. No, I mean, it's a free clinic, but at the same time, the university has got to have some sort of protocols Yeah, and there are controlled substances available. Yeah. This is university funded. So they're not going to mess around with the hiring. Like there, and there was going to be a background check. Yes. And so. it's in his student file. Yeah. Yeah. So, and also, so what, is he an undergrad? Like, he's applying for med school, but somehow Ben can change his GPA? He's going to run, in a hot minute, he's going to run for student office, the same one <laughs> that Felicity is going to run for. 
And I spoiled oh. that for you, but like they're yeah. both going to run for student <laughs> office. So I just spoiled you hard yeah. on that. So, yeah, that and happens. I'm just saying this in the context of like, yeah. who is Greg? <laughs> like, yeah. this is where I think, um, you know, cause one, right. Like, I think the very first episode that we saw him in, we were like, oh, this is a problem. Like in, in something that they <laughs> said, I yeah. think that Greg's background is a little amorphous. It's yeah. like, they give us these details and they don't line up and it's like, just look the other way. Okay. Don't worry. So, like, I, I think that's what they're asking us to do because I, I think this is one of the cases where like, you've got these different writers who are like the writer's room is breaking story, but you've got these different writers who are spearheading an episode and then these different directors who are coming in and you get a character like Greg, who I think he's still fulfilling his function, even if his backstory is really sloppy. Like yeah. he, he's still riling up Greg he's still attracting Felicity's interest. He still basically brought us the whole health center location, which so many of our main characters have now had something to do in. So it's like, if his, if the details are sloppy, he's still doing his job as a character, but boy, the details are sloppy. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it is this two year time frame mm-hmm. because if they had made this more like four or five years because then when Greg goes to Felicity he's like I've been clean for years it's like if you got busted two years ago and then you went to rehab like you have not been clean for years yet yeah. like you've been clean for a year like maybe close to two years but I mean maybe he got busted like exactly two years ago and like let his, like had his last key bump the day before. Mm-hmm. But like you don't go in and say, like, I've been clean for years. And yeah. Yeah. I think that's something we are gonna probably have to just ex- I mean, I think we might potentially find more things like this as we keep going with him. And I think it's, it was like, they got the broad strokes the way they wanted them. And then. I mean, I think this tells us more about Nolan Ben. Yeah. It really does about Greg because. So yeah, if we go back to where Ben and Nolan are here, Ben's like, should I tell Felicity about everything that we've just discussed? And Nolan's like, "Eh, you know, she's an adult. We should stay out of it. Good job, Noel. And then Ben comes in with, yeah, but if they get together, then we have to tell, like, I have to tell her then. And Noel kind of doesn't comment on that. I mean, Ben does go, yeah, I guess she's an adult, but, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I'm just sitting here like, I'm going to slap you both. Yeah. I guess Noel initially saying like, no, we probably should stay out of it lines up with how the advice yeah, yeah, to Felicity nice. around, remember when um, Felicity saw Blair cheating mm. and Noel was like, uh, just some, that stuff sometimes comes out on its own. Like maybe don't say anything about it. Also none of your business. Mm-hmm. None of your freaking business. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, okay. Um, well, and then Noel's like, yeah, I knew there was something about that guy I didn't like. And it's like, tell me about it. <laughs> and then. Best scene. Um, 
I'm not going to ding the episode for this because I liked how this was a, I liked how this was making fun of itself. Oh, okay. So uh, we're going to get another document. This is a documentary style moment where we see Felicity holds the tape recorder up to her mouth and she goes, <laughs> dear Sally. And I was like, oh, and then I remembered what this was and was like, okay, it's fine. It's fine. And then she's like, I can't do this. And she stops the tape and she's because they wanted to get her leaving the tape to Sally. And she's like, this is just not, this isn't it. <laughs> she's clearly still doing her yeah. the last, wait, she do it the last episode or the one No, before? she didn't do it the last episode. Okay. So like she did it two episodes ago. So yeah. let's not pretend this is like out of the realm of possibility. But they, boy, do they seem to understand that this is... <laughs> <laughs> Like, how many times do you have to make fun of your own device before you just stop doing the device? I don't know. Um, I mean, I think we're going on like five or six now. Yeah. But then we get to a really fun scene where this is not documentary style anymore. And it's Sean and Richard and Megan. And Megan looks fantastic. She has smooths her hair. She's got ponytails in which really do not work for anybody but they're working on her she's got the like you know low-cut shirt showing off I don't know this like black and white zebra print bra thing going on with her jewelry she's looking good she is looking good there Uh and and Sean I think is noticing okay and Sean is hoping that Megan will give Richard and Sean a tour of the dorm. Felicity is hoping that she can run out of the room and leave this to Megan. Yeah. Yeah. So Megan's game, but on one condition, she's expecting payment for this. So she's like, how much are you willing to pay me? And Sean's like, uh, about 50. She's like 75. <laughs> and now he thinks this is a negotiation. So Sean yeah. keeps like, He's like 60, 65. She's like 75, 75, 75. And so finally he's like, deal. And she well, goes, Richard, Richard is about to step in, mm-hmm. right? He looks really Sean, uncomfortable with this whole thing. He's like, this should be a free tour. Yes. And Sean pulls him back and is like, deal. Mm-hmm. And then she and goes, then. 90. <laughs> and Richard... I love this scene stealer. (laughs) He looks so scared of Megan and he goes, you just said 75. And she's like, well, I went 90. And he just like, he knows he's pushing his luck and he just like eats all of his words. You can see him do it. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It was so good. Here's the thing. I liked Richard in this, but I was really distracted by the like, you know, competitive Sean, the businessman coming in, definitely feeling the sexual tension ramping up, mm-hmm. at least on Sean's part. Okay. I don't think Megan cares. Okay. Because then Sean's going to, you know, give his, his, parting shot do you take amex (laughs) well do do (laughs) you this was so good 
those three have so much chemistry here. Like such a great moment. I loved it. Um, we're I was gonna, gonna jinx you owe me a coke again, but I knew that you'd just be like another one. Didn't in like season one in the cafeteria? Mm-hmm. Didn't like Ben and Felicity do a jinx you owe me a coke, and he like walked over and bought her a coke? Did I just make that up? I think you made that up. Man, you de- that I whole thing know. was just happened. Completely in your head. made up. Yeah. It was yep. a dream I have. Okay. okay. Done. I mean, Ben gets a payday from a vending machine and Noel's like, I never saw you as a payday kind of guy <laughs> or I never thought of you as payday kind of guy. And Ben's like, you thought of me? <laughs> That's as bad as far like, as it gets, I think. No. Yeah, but this was in like the cafeteria. I don't know. Um, Maybe it's another show I'm thinking. Yeah, it must be. I don't know. Or I dreamed it. Anyway. You kind of dreamed it. Javier. Fish, well, let's not... Let's not put like discount the possibility that we've dreamed entire podcasts at this point. Uh, and additional scenes. Yeah. As we want them to be. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. okay. We're going to go back to the documentary style here. We're going to get, <laughs> okay. We're going to get uh, Javier commenting about Elena. Mm-hmm. Elena's sassy. Mm-hmm. She doesn't wear brassiers. Nope. This is the second time. So in the last episode, (laughs) Elena herself was given dialogue about um, when they were all sitting on the floor in the health center talking about protests and this doesn't feel like a protest and like burning your bra. And Elena says to burn a bra, you have to wear a bra. To which I thought she was, that was kind of a dig at Felicity because yeah. we had noticed in multiple episodes before that that she kind of had her nips out um happens with elena too quite a lot i hadn't noticed but I, like after she mentioned it i was like and you had mentioned it i was like oh yeah good good point nobody in this show wears a bra that she, even to the point where in the thanksgiving episode from season one when her dad comes to the dorm and she's like definitely like her nipples are for sure hard and she's got like a very thin shirt and it's like hello dad it's like i, I just <laughs> sometimes you gotta Cover be careful up. about this stuff um i mean the problem is that their entire brazier budget went to hair gel because yeah. that's what was more important in the 90s i really wonder why this is a thing like what oh this happens in all i mean you watch friends and it's like there's no way not to see nipples everywhere it's They're so everywhere. unnecessary so much of the time like i can yes. understand if you have a shirt that's cut in a way that's you're not no, it's you're supposed to wear like a strap or no bra yeah no, it's done on purpose yeah because like um who needs you this? see jennifer aniston's like nips all the time and like that girl has to wear a bra. Yeah. What? Like, <laughs> it's just a thing. And the thing is, like, with this show, I imagine if I had to guess, there, there'd there be a much higher percentage of female viewership for this show. And the men who are watching it probably, I don't know, it for me, and maybe I'm just wrong about this, like, many of the scenes do not feel sexual. Yeah, it's so just, like 
I, I don't really <laughs> like it, it, that to me feels like a gross network thing. Like it's not necessary. And it, it, it just feels like a choice. This is why we love Shonda land. Yeah. 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 Uh, I don't know, but they're calling it out now in two episodes. Now they've called this out. Yes. I don't know if that's going to change anything, but we'll probably not. They're, they're probably <laughs> saying we're actively not going to do this. Um, but yeah, it's disturbing, but so we're going to go back. So we're still documentary style. We're going to go to Tracy and Elena. Mm-hmm. One of a couple scenes that they're going to get together here. Um, oh, great. This one, and they're all a little different too. So this one, um, they, they all give you a different thing that's important. So this one, they're full on competitive <laughs> where... It's like Sean's asking, like, when did you know you wanted to be a doctor? And Elena's like, when I was six. And Tracy's like, five. Yeah. Like Elena goes on and on about, like, you know, I was six and da da da. And yeah, Tracy just cuts in. But that's hilarious. And yet, not really what I took away from this scene. Yeah. What did you uh, take away from this scene? Clearly, McGrath has a reputation. Yeah. And when Elena very innocently, perhaps thinking he doesn't have a reputation, mentions, oh, yeah, you know, I helped out a, a professor. Uh, maybe you've heard of him, Dr. McGrath. And She's Tracy like, goes, Squish. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tracy's like, oh, McGrath, you mean the Prince of Darkness? Yeah. (laughs) This is a setup. Um, Not that we're we're not seeing the Prince of Darkness return, but. Thank goodness. I think it's worth noting that like Elena, we know what Elena's story is with him, with McGrath. And Tracy is like, guy's a creep. Yeah. you know like do not like him yeah like i think we it's been a while for us since we thought about mcgrath thank goodness mm-hmm. but it, it it's absolutely worth noting that tracy has an immediate strong reaction yes he's probably attempted to like you know be around him and and had like large wafts of old man smell and he just can't deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, you'll get maybe a bit of context, but I think it's just this, it's more about the dynamic between Tracy and Elena and like, mm-hmm. just seeing like, how, you know, even just like Tracy reacting that way. How does that make Elena feel? You know, like mm-hmm. there's, there's levels of it. There are layers of it. I would say. Um, well, he's definitely, He's definitely clocked that he's a creep. My question is, and I really can't tell from this, this scene, whether he is thinking any worse of Elena. He doesn't have any context for Elena. He knows. Except for the thing that he knows. Right. Yeah. He doesn't. That's what I'm saying. I don't know if he now thinks something about Elena given Um, this. I don't think so. 
later think, he goes on to say very nice things about her so yeah i'm hoping not i don't think that he's connecting any more than the face value of the thing that she just said that she had worked with him i think that he oh. separately thinks mcgrath is a creep and i don't think in this moment he has put anything together about her and mcgrath or oh. even has a hint of it i did not think that at all i thought hmm. the second she said mcgrath he was like oh that happened um i i don't think i don't think that that's what's happening in his head in this moment you don't think or you know uh in the future he's gonna react like he's never thought about it before Hmm. so i mean i don't even know to what extent he knows why he thinks of McGrath as the Prince of Darkness. Sometimes there are people that you're like, oh, that, that per like steer real clear of this person and you have a, an instinct about it, but you may not know the details. For us, we know that Elena had this relationship with McGrath, but before that, the only person that we know about having a relationship was his was last student. Or a last grad student. Yeah, it seems like it's a pattern. There's, It's a pattern, but there's a pretty big age gap from the per- from the last person we've met. So I don't know how, um, I don't know how common knowledge this behavior is with current students, Hmm. you know, like maybe faculty, but I wonder if, I think Tracy's reading a vibe, but I don't know if he knows why he's reading it. Okay. So we don't really get that information here. But I think yeah, we are interrupted big time here. Yeah, because Noel's life is over. Noel storms into their apartment, into Noel and Elena's apartment, panicked, just running all over. A panic that's going to continue. In. Yeah, yeah, absolutely knocking into Richard, like looking for the blue books from the test. Remember the test? Hmm. Yep, they're gone. Yep, those are gone. And his life is over. He just goes and slams the door of his room. Yeah. Poor Noel. I mean, does a, a shotting, a shotting, a parting shot at uh, Elena, who just, you know, tried to help out and was like, did you check your backpack? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, thanks, like, genius. No. <laughs> Oh my gosh, he is slams the door in her face. He is not okay right now, and he is no. going to tear apart anybody in his way. <laughs> no. Anybody I think knows that. Anyone, any room, any anything. Yeah. Well, now we're going to go back to a non, uh, let's see, a non-documentary style scene. Couple. Um, this one you probably hate. So yes. uh, this is at the health center. And it's a Greg and Felicity scene. A lot of the Greg and Felicity stuff are not not documentary. Well, yeah, because they're hiding it. Yeah, that's true. I guess they do some stuff with them documentary, but um, all the really important conversations happen off. There's some documentary stuff when they decide to stalk them. Yeah, they have that, and they (laughs) they is that the only thing? Because then they they have the moment where they're setting camera. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's right. The hidden camera. Yep. Okay. But most yeah. of the content we see from them is not on Sean's camera. On purpose. Yeah. 
Okay, so take, no take it away. I, I'm sure you're going to want to rip into this scene. Go, go for it. I mean, it's not the worst scene. There okay. are very bad scenes here. But Greg has come over. He is asking Felicity quickly in the hallway because he's on his way to a meeting, mm -hmm. a staff meeting, whether she would like to have dinner. Mm. And if she says yes, uh, then he will be able to make it through the staff meeting. Mm -hmm. um, and she says, you know, you did mention before that you had this massively messed up past and you should not be legally allowed to date anyone. And he says, yep, mm -hmm, I said that. Fish, I'm going to ask you out anyway. Do you, let's stop down on that for a second. What do you think Felicity thinks about the the mystery of that like do you think she cares do you think like what what do you she's she's saying it here she's calling back to it but where do you think that's coming from for her my guess is she thinks it either has to do with his parents or past relationships okay i don't think it passed through her mind at all that it was a cocaine addiction mm. And all the things that maybe led to that cocaine addiction, I don't know what they are. They very well could have been parents of that, you know, past relationships. But I I don't think that's what she was thinking. And um, she's probably thinking to herself, yeah, I have issues too. I'm, I'm, I wonder if I should save this question for later, but I kind of don't want to because we're going to go so off the grid with, um, so when they have the conversation later where Greg actually tells her, because he figures Ben's about to tell her what Ben's learned. Um, Greg tells her what has actually happened. And she, to me, Felicity is sort of like more focused on being pissed at like, why is Ben potentially the one who would tell me like what it seems like she's really focused on the, what is Ben up to here piece. And in a way it almost overshadows the reveal that he makes to her. And I'm wondering if she, if you took away the way she might've been reacting to Ben getting in her business, do you think she understands what this means for her? Does it, should it, should she understand? Like, do you, should she no. be worried about this? Should she not be? Is she putting the right amount of attention on this? Like what? Um, I mean, I will say you know, they're, I was friends with a group of people in high school, some that went to my school, some that didn't. And uh, actually four of them were dating. There were like two couples in between them. And, you know, um, our friends from the other schools, like it was not a great school. Mm -hmm. Let's just put it that way. And we'd go out with them. We'd go town town with them. We like went to, I don't know, like a weird haunted house thing. Like we spent a lot of time like in the city. Mm -hmm. And like long story short, one of my close friends, the guy she was seeing from this group, um, he OD'd on heroin. Mm. And she just had no clue, like zero clue. And I mean, 
I didn't really either at that point. I mean, I had my own stuff going on, so I had a bit of a shell. Mm -hmm. She didn't. And, you know, to date someone with like an active addiction, it was a high school relationship. Like there were issues, but it was more just the shock of it, I guess, afterward. And just given how little she knew and how well I knew her, and then like what I knew from talking to him and his other friends, it was like a world between them. It, It was like she had no concept of his life or what this meant. Um, and someone who has already, by the time they are, you know, partway through college, is already two years-ish into sobriety from a cocaine addiction. I mean, that guy has lived. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we see a lot of his maturity, but he's also, you know, there is there is risk. Um, I like the fact that, you know, he's been clean for two years. Um, I don't, I don't think it registers with her what it could mean if he relapsed or what type of support he needs. Mm-hmm. It seems like he's been doing it on his own. And so that's, that's a good sign. Um, usually don't date for the first year. It's been about two years. So that's, that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, so for me, first of all, had I been in that position, it probably wouldn't have registered to me to be upset because somebody else had an addiction problem. Mm-hmm. It would be much more upsetting to know that my friend slash guy I'm kind of maybe still in love with um, was going behind my back yeah. and and like, you know, he she doesn't know that he threatened him but she knows something happened and greg protect greg is going to protect that information for ben um and, yes. and i know that i'm skipping ahead but like we're we'll cover that scene but i i just i'm looking at this scene a little i'm looking at this stuff a little differently than i did um because i don't have experience with the drug side of this but i can say that um i uh, an ex of mine had uh, had a mental health, di- uh, like a diagnosed mental health disorder. And when I, I was so, you know, I knew that from the very beginning and didn't place the appropriate weight on that. And it's not to say don't date somebody who has that, but I should have done more research. Like there should have been a plan, you know, like if you're going to, if you're going to like pursue that, maybe ask some questions about it because it's something that obviously like Greg has done a lot of work on himself and what's the work he's done, you know, like become part, like learn a little about that. So I think in this episode, that to me gets completely overshadowed by and maybe rightly so the fact that she's like pretty offended that ben is jumping in here and fair enough ben shouldn't be jumping in here 
But the way she's like kind of flippant about the what's your past sort of thing, like when when she does eventually find out about it, it's like, well, you know, in the same way that when she found out her dad was taking pills and she looked them up like incorrectly. She did, but like there's this instinct in her to research. And I think that would be a fair thing to apply to this. Or yeah, at least I to assumed, ask questions. I would have assumed that that would have come later. Yeah, maybe. Um, like if I, if it's like a, <laughs> you know, we've been out on one date and then, yeah. you know, I know Ben way better and he's getting involved in this yeah if i decide i actually want to date this guy it's none of ben's business and i'm gonna let him know that but then yes i definitely think there is a moment for reflection in actually moving forward in a relationship with someone where and knowing you can what start that means. asking questions yeah, yeah. and you I'm can like do some that. research and figure out you know, it's, I think it's, considering they've only been out on one date, like, but they have known each other for a while. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm of two minds here. On the one hand, Greg needs to tell her at some point. Mm-hmm. He's already said, like he shouldn't date, like he's had bad experiences dating because of this. Mm-hmm. He is clean for two years, but like he, he needs to tell her soon. So mm-hmm. if, if Ben had not brought this up, like he did need to tell her soon and then probably would be prepared to share more information. And, and I think she can wait a couple more dates um, to get that information. I don't but, think trying to think i don't think we're ever going to get that with her so that i mean unless something happens and they decide like not to date that i find very weird it's why i'm bringing it up here because i um I'm, i'm trying to remember i don't think that she ever has like the like the talk like what do you need? Or, you know, what does this mean? What does this look like? What are you doing? Like, what do you do to stay on track? What does it look like when you're off track? Like she, I don't, we never get that. I don't think with her and Greg. Um, I so the fact that the they're time... introducing it here is like why I bring it up now. Cause it's like, hmm, would you? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. People from different backgrounds say different things. Right. So by the time, you know, when my friend was dating this guy, we were young enough in high school that I would not have expected her to, to have any idea and ask really any questions um, until like bad things started happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, by my sophomore year of college, I, it all depends on the individual's experience. Like if she's still never had experience with any of this, I don't know why that would change. Yeah. But now she's got this stuff with her dad and like, she's she's not totally asking questions about that. And her dad's got his life back on track ish and like has a job again and stuff. And I don't know. You know what this is making me think of? This is reminding me of the very first conversation. So that scene from season one where Felicity and Ben are carving pumpkins 
and mm-hmm. Ben talks just a little bit about his experience with his dad. Mm-hmm. And Felicity admits later, like, I had just no context for that conversation. And um, we'll see her get more and more context. We've had, we've already seen her get more context, but like in that conversation, she had no clue what to say or what to do or like, um, and I feel like that's true here. I feel like she, it didn't a hundred percent register. Yeah. Like the cocaine part of it. It was more like Ben did what? Yeah. Um, And that's the problem with like, that's why I wanted, I know, I know I'm getting us off track from where this scene went, but I thought I just wanted to talk about that before we get back into the scene because everybody ignores it. (laughs) Like, well, but Felicity ignores it, but, um, you know, maybe don't be totally blase. Yeah. But if she had experience with any, any addiction, yeah, personal, family, friends, I think she'd be in a much different place. Yeah. And she hears the same line and she goes, okay, let me, you know, I will focus on a different part of this sentence, but she doesn't have any of that. So the part of the sentence that she's focused on in, you know, is what up, Ben? Yeah. Yeah. Like, not okay. Yeah. And then she's going to have to go back and, and decide or completely ignore the fact that he he's uh, a recovering addict. Yeah. Well, I have, I've officially totally derailed you and the whole podcast (laughs) to have this conversation. I'll get us back on track. How about that? So uh, where I interrupted you, (laughs) we're at the health center. This is not the documentary part. This is um, a a conversation between Greg and Felicity. He said, let's get dinner. She's like, didn't you tell me about that massively screwed up past you had? He's like, I'm asking you anyway. Take it from here, fish. And she says, yes. And then he proceeds to have this folder sitting next to him and he's like look this has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that you just agreed to go out with me slash may have sex with me in the future but you got the job mm-hmm. yep. yeah well we'll revisit that yeah there's put a pin in that because there's more yeah, there's there's more to come um, on that one that goes into more detail. Yeah, yeah. so that happens. Yeah. Just the timing of it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So uh, let's see. For a moment, we're going to stay non-documentary style, and we're going to go to Epstein Bar, and it's Elena, Julie, and Felicity at a table, and they're cheersing to the new job, mm-hmm. and they're celebrating but then Ben shows up mm-hmm. and close tailing him <laughs> are Sean and Richard who, yeah. um, who start, they start to film this during the scene, right? Yeah. So we switch this scene switches midway. It's one of the few scenes that does this from like, it's just regular. And then at some point Sean starts taping it. Yeah. And you know, with everybody there in that room, 
the only thing I was looking at was Ben's face. Yeah. They put a lot on Ben's face in, in this half of the season. <laughs> like it's been a lot of long shots of Ben reacting. Yeah. So we've got, I think it's Julie who says, um, Felicity's going to be, you know, working at the health center and, and Ben's face, he's got kind of a serious face, but he's like still kind of smiling a little bit. And he's like, oh, so you're going to be Greg's assistant. And does that mean you're going to stop working at Dean and DeLuca? And Felicity's like, no, still need the money. And he kind of like drops his head and he comes up and he's still smiling. And in this moment, what I took away from this is Ben is a really good actor, not mm-hmm. Scott Speedman, mm-hmm. Ben. Mm-hmm. He is, he's, he's, he's not giving that much away. He's kind of like, he's doing the obligatory, like congratulations. Mm-hmm. And is internally crushed. But on the surface, it's congratulations. It feels like in the moments when he knows people are looking at how he's reacting, he's putting it on and he's like, you know, yeah. finding a way to keep up his a brave face. And then you kind of get that feeling like the moment the people at the table start turning the conversation to somebody else, we're just going to see Ben with his head hanging down, looking all serious. I mean, people are watching him and there's a fan, there's a, a film crew. <laughs> so I feel like he's, you know, he doesn't want to be caught out like last time. Um, I think he's, he's just going to have to keep it on, but he's reaching a know? breaking point though. You know, like it's, it's, it's just like at a certain point, he's just, well, he'll break in this episode for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. but he's still keeping up a good front for her. Um, Yep. But boy, is she testing him. I mean, not on purpose. Not on purpose, but man, it's like the number of times he's just like, I'm not going to say the thing I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah. But the thing I am constantly thinking is Greg is a dick. Yeah. 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 Well, um, we're going to go back to, we're, st- we're staying now in documentary style and we're at the health center Felicity's doing the glamorous job of photocopying scabies pamphlets. I mean, who doesn't want that job? It's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you're I mean, going to have a first day on the job, why yeah. would you be doing that? <laughs> so uh, she meets the new volunteer, Doug. Mm-hmm. Doug's Doug. getting a tour. Yeah, Doug's. Doug didn't seem so bad here. Yeah. Uh, he seemed nervous, but he goes way downhill later. Yeah. He doesn't speak very much here. He's just being kind of led around. He doesn't, you know, he's just getting in the, the introduction. And Greg, in the meantime, is going to use this running into Felicity as an opportunity to set time for a date, which is unfortunately happening on camera. Yep. Which means a couple people know. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. And we've, you know, we've already heard 
Um, I think we've heard Sean say, you know, Ben is not going to be happy about this all like earlier, but maybe he doesn't start saying that till later. Um, but yeah, they're going out. It's going to be eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Richard's just really sorry about those computer files. Yeah. Well, don't worry about it, man. Yeah. It's over. It's yeah. Felicity does not want them coming on her date with them. And, and Richard has, he knows what has to be done. Mm-hmm. You're going tail on yeah. They're going to have to spy on her. That's pretty much it. Yep. But before they do that, we're going to move to Ben at job number three. Possibly my favorite. And why? Melissa, please. Why? Tell me why this is your favorite scene. Well, first of all, okay. So what happens? Well, Ben is working the campus security booth. He's huddled into this tiny little square footage booth with He's outside the booth. Okay, well, the, 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 he's with Al, he the security guard. A man yes. who's, who's aged. He's, he's an older man. And the running joke through the whole rest of the episode is going to be like, every time somebody mentions Al, they're like, is that guy still alive? It's like, it's been a day. Okay, guys, <laughs> it's been a day. Calm down. Anyway, so Ben is getting the tutorial from Al about how to do this job, which involves you pick up the phone and you say, Campus security. Anytime it rings. Is that how you say it? Or is it campus security? Mm. Campus security. I was very security. He's very, he's very specific mm-hmm. that the word campus must be hit hard. Ben has yeah. to do this twice. Yeah. Campus security. Yeah. There yeah. you go. So um, I would like to make this my note from an optimist uh i was really hoping you would i unfortunately (laughs) don't think you're going to focus on what i hoped you would focus on but but go for it pride in your job yeah all right (laughs) okay so pride in your job you know hey who's got more pride than al al has attention to detail al Mm -hmm. wants to impart that to the young whippersnappers that work with him who's everybody, everybody, no matter what age is a young whippersnapper to Al. And he wants to make sure that they carry on the legacy that they carry, that they, that they use the proper intonation when they mm-hmm. say campus security. And, you know, he's, he's proud of what he does. And that's what, you know, look, work at, when you work, you spend a lot of your life at work. It might as well be something that you feel proud and motivated to do where you believe in the output. And Al is a symbol for us all. Yeah. That's, that's your take on this scene, huh? Well, that's my note from let an me, optimist. Let me lay, lay this out okay. for all of you who maybe didn't watch this right before what we've got is in fact, you know, a tiny little booth with uh, an octogenarian or older mm-hmm. man. And then leaning into the booth, what we have is Ben in a police uniform 
with a hat on. <laughs> he is every bachelorette's dream. He is a man in a uniform, full-on police uniform. Ben, anyway, in I didn't a really think about uniform. that. He's probably got handcuffs. And what Melissa chose to focus on was the old man. Yeah, he was so great. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. I wonder if if, um, Al and Leonora have ever met or gotten together. Seriously. That is what you're, that is what you're thinking about. (laughs) Al and Leonora sans clothing. When you have like the ideal, either hot cop or hot stripper in a cop uniform. How would that relationship be though? Two octogenarians, one who loves chips, one who loves to say campus security with a very particular intonation. Think about, think about the stories. Think about the joy. Think about the companionship. Think about the handcuffs. <sighs> okay. Well, we, we, we watched the same scene. We saw two different things. It's okay. I mean, you feel nothing when you see Ben. I was just a police uniform. racking up at his facial expressions. I, 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 I disregarded the attire and looked directly only at his face and watched... As he, <laughs> he was really like uh, doing <laughs> like it's like campus security, and then he just I was like, eh, it's better, and then just like, eh. and he just kind of nods, and I just loved it. Yeah. All right, we both loved the scene. I mean, I'm not going to take away from Al; he was hilarious. He just wasn't where I was looking. Yeah, your focus at was no at a different point place. did I look at Al. I heard him, but I was not visually compelled to look in that direction. I see. I see what's happening. Well, you know, um, <clears throat> the guy who played Al nailed it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um. Bonus points for Al. Al award for best security officer in the whole show. Um, Seriously? (laughs) That is right next to him. (laughs) Yeah. Being like super hot. (laughs) You're giving Al the award? Al gets an award. Al doesn't get a lot of, Al's never going to get another. Well, actually, no. Al will get an off-camera opportunity to get another award later. Oh my God! Does Al die? No. Oh, good. No. <laughs> I just wanted to be clear to everybody: Al does not die during the course of the okay. show. Okay. Okay. Um, no owls were harmed. No owls were harmed in the making of this <laughs> episode. Um, <laughs> All right. Um, yes. Feel better about that. Lady. So okay. we're gonna see. Um, we're going, we're staying documentary style and we're going to see Felicity and Greg at dinner because Sean and Richard are spying on them. Yep. They're filming them from they like are. what? Across the street through the yep. window of the restaurant. Yep. 
Yes. They do not want to be caught. No, they definitely uh, don't. No. And they seem to be getting along. Like, obviously, we are getting no dialogue. We're just seeing body language. But um, they look like they're having a great time. They do. They look like they're having they're a laughing. fun conversation. They're like, she's touching him. Like, they're leaning in to talk to each other. They're sitting next to each other at the table. Yeah. Um, they're having a great time. And Sean says the thing that you were referring to earlier. He's like, Ben's going to hate this. Yeah. And Richard has no idea. He's like, oh, this is great. Greg's laying out on thick. This is going to be fantastic. Wait, why won't Ben like this? Yeah. Richard is is being pretty slow on the uptake here, but that's okay. He still hasn't figured it out, I think, by the end of the episode. Yeah. And then we're going to see... This is one that I really want to look at from like a how did they do this standpoint. <laughs> so the um, we're going to see that they're they then skip to later in the date where Felicity and Greg are. I guess is, is that what the outside of her dorm looks like? I mean, it could be his place. They're definitely okay. walking home. Okay. I would doubt a dorm looks like a it, townhouse. It doesn't but... strike me as looking like a dorm entryway but, but they're, no. they're they're having what equates to like the the good night like fumbling for the keys kiss at the doorstep sort of thing yeah. i don't know whose place they're at but um there's you know where i think they are i think they're outside the place where noel and ben had all that beer okay it's just gonna be like the leftover set place probably Every place where we don't know where it is, <laughs> that's like where it is. Mysterious, where are we now, set? Um, yeah. Well, they're having a conversation that looks like a lingering, this is probably where they would kiss moment. And, and Carrie Russell has on this absolutely fabulous red leather jacket ah. that is just paying for itself. Okay. And um, they're going to get interrupted because as Carrie's eyes roll, as Felicity's eyes pan around it, she notices some people filming her across the street. Yeah. She's like, I'm going to kill you. And they're like, oh my God, she saw us. And she runs, she looks both ways or she looks one way. And then she runs across the street. And they start running and they're like, it's like the Blair Witch Project. And the camera is now down, pointed at their feet as they're running away. Yeah. Fish would think this was like on set. (laughs) I feel this was a body camera moment. Okay. I think they rigged them up with body cameras and had them run. Because I don't know how well, like, I can't imagine two other guys running behind them. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, my <laughs> like... cameras on the cameraman, Sean and Richard, like, piggybacking on the camera guys to make sure their voices get heard? Um, the number yeah. of ways that my brain imagines this happened, it's just <laughs> glorious. Yeah, yeah, I feel like this is a body camera moment okay. because... Like all other clearance. things yeah just lead to ridiculousness <laughs> you <laughs> I can't imagine like the thing i described is really impractical <laughs> you know unions um <laughs> yeah i just i feel like 
I mean, I've got other things going on in my head. Like, you know how they'll put a camera um, and a guy sitting behind the camera Mm -hmm. on some sort of like rail and then Mm -hmm. like move it forward as the action's happening. And I could see that having like two little cameras that come off and like are in front of them and, you know, being pulled forward but I just don't think that's practical. I think they just put a body cam on them. Okay. And, just uh, thinking simplicity yeah. trumps all in this situation because the, uh, yeah. yeah, that's fair. Because all again, right. they they do not have a large budget for this. It all went to hair product. That's very true. It really did. Well, we're yeah. going to get an interview next with Ruby. And does she say she's an art history major? Yes, she is now an art history major. This is—I thought this was a very interesting interview. Okay, talk to me about that. So, if we remember before from Czarist Russia and their costumes, she liked art history. Mm-hmm. We knew that, and but we never really got any backstory on that. And now we're going to get the backstory. Mm-hmm. She is, she says that she went with her parents to the Uffizi Gallery in in Florence, and she saw a Caravaggio, the Sacrifice of Isaac. Mm-hmm. Kind of paints these very important scenes, mm-hmm. uh, very dramatic, very like does a lot of like torture and um, just like a lot of like emotion and. And the scene he's painted here, which is painted for, you know, um, a future pope, is the sacrifice of Isaac by mm-hmm. Abraham, um, which is the idea that, you know, Abraham has such faith in God that God tells him to go and, and sacrifice his son, mm-hmm. who it took forever. For, I mean, Abraham lived a while and took him forever to have this baby. He's done everything he can. And then God comes along and is like, you have to kill your mm-hmm. kid. And so he takes his kid up onto this rock, like up, up a mountain. He just has a hike with the kid. And then he like grabs him and throws him down on this rock, takes out a knife and is about to slit his throat. Mm-hmm. This is the painting that we're that she's talking about. Mm-hmm. And at the very last second, an angel comes down and says, JK, don't kill the kid. You're cool. You can sacrifice that lamb. And this is that second where the angel is like, he's grabbing uh, Abraham's arm. Mm-hmm. And what you see mm-hmm. is Isaac being I mean he's a small kid and he's being held down with like his arm twisted behind him and his face in this tortured pose with his father this giant knife like right about to slaughter him and that is what has made her (laughs) wanting to go into (laughs) art history Mm. and then she goes on to talk about again how she's pregnant and she feels so misunderstood Mm -hmm. kind of in the way that 
many then and many still now probably would not have understood Abraham. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's got this meaning behind it. And I'm just having a very hard time removing Ruby's story and all the little things that they have in it from like a religious context. Like, I still don't know who her parents are. I don't know what sign she was looking for. I don't, you know, she's decided not to have an abortion. She's inspired to have this child. She's been inspired by, you know, a very, very intense religious painting that I think relates a lot to her pregnancy and her feeling of meaning. And so I'm, I'm, I found it to be just this really interesting scene. Mm -hmm. And I am going to be really interested, hopefully in the next episode or the next couple of episodes, because she says that Noel has convinced her to go to Colorado and to tell her parents. Mm -hmm. Um, And she throws a little, you know, he's the greatest in there. Mm -hmm. And I love the piano music over this. but yeah, this scene really got me. Okay. Also because I love Caravaggio and I just, I happen to particularly like, I mean, I've been to the Uffizi and seen this and I just happened to particularly, I, it was, it struck me and it has stayed with me. Um, well, there's not a lot that I can really add to this, except that she, um, she mentioned, she goes even a step further and says, you know, it inspired me that I want to be a curator. So mm-hmm. she, at some point along the way has identified that for herself, which means she's probably on more of a clear track than most of, if not for being pregnant right now, she'd be on like one of the clearest professional, like career tracks of anybody on our show, except maybe Elena and Tracy. Yeah. And um, and she doesn't want to be an artist, which I think is important, like a curator position. You go to school for that. And there's a specific path that you take. It's an an involved path. Yes. And it takes a lot of time. And I would say that being pregnant is going to put a severe timing wrinkle on things. Um, But she's still naming that as like a dream. And she's also. I don't think it's unrealistic. I think I think she could be pregnant and stay on that track. I mean, it might be like a year or two later, but like, it's a track that isn't. It's not like being a doctor or an engineer. But like, although it does, you do I have think to get an MFA. Yeah, I think it do does have to significant schooling. Um, absolutely, but it's not something where if you do it a little later, like you're going to lose mm-hmm. like so many years, or you know, it's. I think it's it's a very realistic aspiration to have. Yeah. And it's it's not a, a job you hear a lot about. And so to see it in a show like this, I think is really fun. And um and but yeah, all the things that you said about like she the conversation with the parents is upcoming. Noel has obviously behind the scenes been having some conversations with her and helping her work through some of the big decisions that she needs to make, or at least supporting her as a friend in that process. And, um, the question is like, and then she says, you know, like being pregnant has changed me Mm -hmm. and we get about that much, but we are going to then go over to Noel and 
Interesting question. Yeah, like obviously he's still dealing with the fact that blue books are gone, but Sean throws out a, a pretty focused question of like, if Ruby weren't pregnant, what would be happening with you two? Well, that's not exactly what he says. Mm-hmm. He says if she didn't keep the baby, mm. would you still be dating? Mm. So, which Noel doesn't, no, no is kind of lost in thought when we exit the scene. He doesn't really give an answer to that. Well, his answer is, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But it gets the wheels turning a bit, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting question. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to, so now we're going to switch back to non-documentary style and Felicity is on the phone at the health center with Lloyd. Uh <laughs> Lloyd, you don't need Lloyd the patch. Lloyd shows up a couple of times. <laughs> Love yeah. Lloyd. Lloyd, Just... you don't need the patch. It's fine. You don't need the patch because you don't smoke, Lloyd. Um... <laughs> yeah, thank goodness. Um, I'm glad that they, I'm glad that we see him sometimes and that we don't see him sometimes. You know, like yeah. it's, I, I'm happy not to have this be like, uh, a thing that you never see, like a Maris in a, in Frasier. Yeah. Like I, I, I like that we get him sometimes, and sometimes it's just the tease of Lloyd. Um, I mean, there's something about his his physicality that mm-hmm. adds to his humor. Humor that, mm-hmm. like, once you've seen it, you can then project that onto a conversation. Yeah, it's it's like the delivery of this would be, uh, would be. I want my patch, you know, it's <laughs> very like monotone, like, why can't I have my patch anymore? Felicity, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. Sort yeah. Of, she's like, oh, Lloyd, you don't need one is the thing. Um, <laughs> and then he'd just say, okay. And yeah. hang up. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Uh, we yeah. already know. That's why it works so well. So, uh, but, but that we're going to go away from that likeness real quick because Jim is pissed. Mm. Rightly so. Rightly so. I am on Jim's side. Yeah, we just met Jim. <laughs> Where has he been? <laughs> well, that's a bit of a problem that I have with this is that like, we've never seen Jim. So like, I has understand. he really been at the health center? I, I mean, he's okay, been there yes, for two years. That's what we're, they we're supposed to understand that. Yes. But when it comes to the operations of the health center, where has Jim been through the review? He's been working while everybody else has been like making moon eyes at each other and like messing with Excel, even though they don't know how to use it. I guess so. I just wish kind of wish this wouldn't have been the very first episode I saw him in, to be honest. Yeah. Because it's so hard to believe that he's been integral to the health center operations when integral stuff has been happening at the health center and he's been nowhere (laughs) to be found. Like he should have been, we should have, even if they didn't give him a speaking role, I know that's not how it works with TV, right? Like I I know, like they they can't, they paid him for this episode. That's it. But like, especially for like a review, um, you know, you would think that would be like a day where you'd see the all hands being on deck, even if they didn't give them speaking roles. But so it is a little frustrating for me that like he is presented to us as like so important at the health center. And then, well, they don't say he's like so important, but that, you know, he's work study. Mm-hmm. He's been there for two years. Mm-hmm. And which by a- my count puts him there for longer than Greg as well. Longer as I can than tell. Greg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 
Um, he's better at the job than Felicity because, oh, guess what? He's been there for two years. Also, he needs to do work study. And mm-hmm. now they don't have a position and he's getting fired next Friday. Mm-hmm. So again, I'm on his side. That doesn't make sense to me though, to be really honest with you. Um, you only have so much money for a work study position and they removed it. But the budgets come from different places. Like the, this, the, this episode doesn't actually make a lot of sense from a headcount standpoint. Like, <laughs> like, like it's, it's also really hard for me to believe that any of these people are in any amount of competition with each other, except for people applying for the exact same role. Like, okay. So they've told us in a prior episode that a community service position is distinctly different from a volunteer position. It, 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 the headcount is a different mm-hmm. thing. It's assigned in a different way. The volunteer mm-hmm. role is, um, probably sorted out directly through the health center and then volunteer, you know, volunteers generally there's, there's some amount, even though you're not paying the volunteer, um, usually there is some sort of a budget that is associated with having a number of volunteers, yes. whoever leads the volunteers. So you're going to be given a head count around that. That's yeah, aside overhead. From, yeah. It's yeah. aside from comm serves. And then yes. work study comes from the financial aid office. Yeah, but you probably, as the clinic and every other place, like the cafeteria and everywhere has to apply for a number of people from work study, because there's only so many people who are going to get paid X amount for sure, doing work study. But you wouldn't have that go away in the middle of a semester. Like, no chance. When you, like, I did work study jobs every semester. And I think we usually applied for positions every semester and then you had it for the full semester and in a place that maybe operates with like trimesters or quarter systems, it might work a little bit differently, but you, you basically pulled from a list, you picked the ones you want. And there were like, if you, you, I don't know if I want to use the word seniority, but like, if you had been doing, I don't know if there was like a cafeteria job that you really had been doing for years, like chances were, if you wanted to apply for that, you were going to get again and get it again. The next if it exists. Yeah. If it existed, but they never changed that between in the middle of a semester. Yeah. I could see like in the middle of the semester thing. Mm -hmm. And that is purely a plot device here. That's definitely a plot device. And so like, but the work study funding would come from the financial aid office. And um, so that's, that's not really, the budgets are just different. And then there's the assistant to the director position, which sounds to me like a position that is hired and paid through the budget of the, the health administration. Center. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so all of these things are completely different things, even though they all function as a team. Um, the, the yep. people who assign these positions and the people who pay or not pay these positions or track or report on these positions are all completely different, which is probably pretty complex in terms of reporting mm-hmm. for Greg or whoever his assistant would be. But, um, I don't, it's not actually <laughs> like practical to me that there would be like so many of these people would be at odds with each other. Um, it doesn't seem like there are, it's like, there's one volunteer position mm -hmm. and there was a work study position. And if we pretend we're at the end of the, you know, semester, he's lost the work study position. 
Yeah. I don't, I have a hard time believing he would lose the work study position is the thing. Because of the timing. Right. But like it happens. It is rare. Like I, when I think about the work study positions, so, but it's usually the thing that would change basically nothing changed from year to year in the selection of work study jobs that we had, like nothing. Like it was the same menu of stuff and you had to pick your shifts, which that would change for people because uh, your classes change and your available time changes. But it was basically always the same menu of options. And going into my senior year, um, I was very fortunate that because I did like cafeteria jobs every semester and then my junior year, I was like, what am I doing with my life? And so I, I was like, I was a gymnast and I was like, oh, I wonder if there's something in the sports department. So I went to a guy in sports marketing and he ultimately created a position for me for senior year in work study. Um, and I don't even know all the things that went into that, but like you could create then- positions then there becomes the question of, so what happens when you left? Maybe your work-study position went away. There's only one work-study position here. Maybe it was created for someone and now it's going away. Like, I don't see this the same as like all the other places, like the dining halls and stuff that have a number of students. There's one. But if Jim was filling it and he's been filling it for two years, I see absolutely no reason why that position would have been in jeopardy. Like I, I only, I mean, it's a funding issue. It's always a funding issue. I mean, look, it's possible, you know, it, it just, that's, it's not fair, (laughs) but it seems a lot less likely to me. Like it seems as though you'd be more likely to get another work study position filled rather than an assistant director position to be honest, like filled, um, if you were, well, they're from two separate budgets, they are, and it would would save this health center money, but nobody is offering him, but like, because they're coming from different places. Yeah. He like, he's getting, he's getting paid by different areas, yeah. right? I, I want to formally apologize to the listeners once again, because yet again, I have taken us into the weeds. <laughs> I have, t- t- I hope you are all got, you've got bug spray. I hope that you've <laughs> like got long, long pants and you've got, you know, like long sleeves yeah. <laughs> and we're weed whacking and like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm and sorry I will that. say at the beginning of this, Melissa said she was going to push us forward. Yeah, I'm not do this. She specifically said, said right. that. So, so, so let's, let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. Yes. Jim is pissed. Jim is pissed. He is not Greg's type and therefore pissed that Felicity got the job because she is Greg's type. Mm-hmm. And Felicity and Greg are now going to have a discussion about and that. And somehow Jim has now gotten let go. Despite what I may think about well, that. He was going to get fired next Friday. He's not fired okay. yet. Okay. But like next Friday, yeah. He has just enough time to stomp around the office. Yeah, it's the um, end of gym. Yeah. So all of that. So now Felicity is going to go to Greg. She's going to have some uh, chit chat. Uh-huh. And I she had a great time on the blank. date. You had a great time on the date. Felicity's mm-hmm. wearing an amazing shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, and Felicity's not having it. You're right. 
she gets she cuts right to the chase pretty much she's just like did i get that position because you like me yep. and he's i mean the one thing i can say about greg is he is honest yeah i mean he's shooting it <laughs> I mean, pretty straight here he's just like yeah yep and that is a summary of the situation and then she turns around she she walks out of his office grabs jim brings jim into the office and says make him your assistant yep um and and this is where i i continue to dislike greg mm -hmm. and it, it gets deeper because you know i think she's right to be pissed and she says, you know, I am not like, am I more qualified? Like, am I? And, you know, Greg's just like, no, like Jim is more qualified, like by a long shot. Mm -hmm. That's what he, that he just full out says that. And when she pulls Jim in and Jim is like, oh, no, 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 no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Greg's mm -hmm. like, give us a minute, Jim. Yeah. Um, he then turns on Felicity and says, don't put me on the spot. And he, he starts to cop an attitude about it. Like, mm -hmm. you know, he's the boss and don't do this to me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, look, the number of staff is limited. I don't make the rules. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I had to go to bat for you. I She's like, called. well, I'll volunteer. Yeah. Oh, well, she, that comes up. Well, that. and he has to explain to her, like, the staff is limited. You know, we, unfortunately, we, you and I have been through this in detail. Yes, we, we, we've covered <laughs> this now, ground. She's now like, they... I'll be a volunteer. He's like, nope, Doug's the volunteer. Sorry, if yes. you don't want the job, quit. Um, and we have worked out behind the, behind the scenes earlier in this podcast, whether or not we think that the whole headcount thing is plausible, not an issue right now. These are the facts. Yeah. <laughs> like... no. The facts are that he had to call who? Who did he have to call? Mm, I miss that. Oh, come on, Melissa. John Simmons. He had to call John Simmons? How he did had I miss to this? call. Yeah. That's who he had to call. Team of my own. He had to call. Okay. John Simmons and make John a hard Simmons. sell. Okay. Yes. And make a hard sell yeah. for Felicity. Mm -hmm. And frankly, she's just being ungrateful. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. That's his take. Okay. And you know what? Uh, if you don't want the job, then you can quit. Which and she's like, I quit. And at this point, I'm asking is Greg more like Noel or her dad? Like all the worst parts of okay. like Noel just coming out of the woodwork being like, here's your mini fridge. And oh, Ruby, let me give you like favorable treatment on your tests or her mm -hmm. dad who's like, let me put you in your place, young lady. Um, yeah, Greg at this point in my mind is he's like sucking it. a big lemon. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm not, a, I'm not a, I'm no longer a Greg fan right oh, now. Okay. Well, let's see. We're going to get more from them a little bit later, but let's go back to, okay. We're going back documentary style. We have another Elena and Tracy scene together. And yeah. this is still 
This is still the one-upmanship competitive thing. So it feels a little different from the first one, but not that much. Um, so Sean's like, hey, is college overwhelming? Lena's like, nope. And Tracy <laughs> says, well, you know, yeah, yeah, actually. Um, you know, real facts. So I've got this stuffed rabbit doll. Gets me through when I th- when things are hard. And Elena's like, oh. And so she <laughs> tells her own story. She's like, okay, well, if we're getting real, I have a name tag says Dr. Elena Tyler, when days are hard, I like to rub it. And I like to say, I am, well, yes, I am. Yes, I am. Dr. Elena Tyler. And then Tracy's just like, oh, I was kidding about the rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> she gets so angry. So angry. She's like, <laughs> she's, she just leaves. Yeah. Um, oh, he teases her all the way. Uh, so yep. it's, it's, a uh, boy, these two. Yeah. These two. And kids. then, then we get a little, um, we get Elena's roommate coming in. Mm. And, um. Noel is panicked. He's panicked. Because, again, he's a dead man. He doesn't mm-hmm. find it in the books. Yeah. He's a dead man. Dead man. And they freeze we're watching now we're watching Sean and Richard editing it and they, we yep. they just stop his face in the most <laughs> unfortunate position as he says, I'm a dead man. I mean, he looks so angry and yeah. frustrated with life. And Sean's like, no, no, we're going to go back to the way I'm editing this because Noel has decided, not Noel, Richard has decided that this is the way it should be shot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um they're having they're having behind the scenes bickering right now about like how they're gonna edit it and whose style is better and Sean's being yeah. all condescending to Richard and mm-hmm. Ben's gonna interrupt like, all this. I know what a dissolve is. Sean's <laughs> <laughs> um, like, no, you don't. <laughs> so Ben's gonna interrupt this by arriving. Mm-hmm. And uh he was mentioning he mentions Al. He just came from session with al and sean wants to know if he's still alive yeah he's like stop saying that would everybody stop saying that (laughs) and then he's like how's your stupid movie very ben way to put that um and richard's so excited to share their subplot with ben which is immediately the worst idea that's ever happened right where he's like okay let me tell you all about the felicity and greg (laughs) dating story and sean's like no 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 (laughs) And so they're showing Ben the footage of the date. <laughs> yep. You can hear Sean downplaying it. He's like, it's not that big a deal. Well, it's like- first they're showing the the video when the tape, rec- the recorder was left. Yes, that's how we know. That yeah, was I was left running and Greg and Felicity are sitting in the health center saying, hey, we kissed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we go to the date. Yeah. And we get yet another lingering shot on Ben's face, just looking miserable. And yeah. And we're hearing Sean say stuff like, yeah, it's not that big a deal. Like he, Sean is trying to downplay, but um, we just, I don't remember. I don't know when it happened that Sean became like sensitive. Sean, 
I know it was. But we've been remarking four honestly. episodes. It's since he and Julie had that conversation. Okay, that's yeah, it makes sense because we, we're definitely getting this consistently now, like where Sean mm-hmm. cares and he's protect. He cared before, but he was reckless, and like now he seems to be really in tune. So I don't know. It's cool to see Maybe that Ben. Ben's rubbing off on him. Yeah, some, somewhere along the way, somebody did. And we're getting this pretty consistently from Sean now. And Somebody's got to be there for Ben. Yeah, Ben's been so alone mm-hmm. for so long now. Um, but this is really going to tip Ben over the edge. And Ben is going to storm into the health center looking for Felicity. And this, unfortunately, is where he butts heads with Greg. Yeah, so I have a question here. So... Mm-hmm. I wrote down Ben feels bad about himself and then under in the Rich- health center no in when uh in Sean and Richard video yeah okay and then I wrote down Richard saying uh blows with M and now B ah I know what I was saying so first he blows it <laughs> by telling Megan that Greg was dating Felicity and now he is blowing it with Ben by I'm doing the same. So glad that you switched <laughs> that up for yourself. Um I had Because I was like, it. did he say something? I don't what happened? Okay. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> glad we've got that answered. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going to head into the health center. This scene, this first part of this scene was a little weird to me. Um, yeah, because Jim is clearly still there mm-hmm. and still using all the hair product. And Greg really, like, he doesn't want to talk to Ben and he's being very dismissive. But why is there I think a reason he just doesn't why he didn't like ben ben came in as a comm serve he like screwed up he didn't do any of the excel files keeps hanging around oh like, you know what fish the last time they talked it was a 63 percent of me thinks you're a dick oh yeah okay 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 okay, okay that's why this is charged <laughs> on both sides okay also, i was like i don't i know they don't like each other but i was like yeah. where 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 did it come unglued to this point where he would just show up ask for felicity and get met with this and that's where um yeah and ben ben has his i'm on a mission walk yeah like he's got a walk when he's got a mission and he's on one He's definitely on one, but the initial mission he shows up with is looking for Felicity. Yes. And Greg's like, she's not here. And he's like, well, then where is she? Well, she's not here. I don't know. It's like, well, did she leave? Yeah. If she's not here, she must have left Ben. Like, it's just so, uh, so much testosterone. <laughs> like, it's a lot. Um, but there they are. And that could have been the end of this scene. And for a moment was going to be because Ben like turns around and starts briskly walking away again on a mission. Yep. But then he changes his mission. Yep. Yep. Ben spins back around mm-hmm. and just as briskly walking, just goes straight into Greg's office. He's got a shoulder walk. Like he walks with his shoulders when he's on a mission. Okay. And he's just going to 
bust into that room. This and this is not a conversation. Ben's like, I know about you. I know about the cocaine. I know about the arrests. If you hurt her in any way, I'll kill you. And I have to admit, I was a little disappointed by Ben here. For what of the many reasons that you could? <laughs> Whoa, for, for why? For why? Look, if you're going to threaten to kill someone, mm-hmm. at least punch them. Like okay. he was on a mission. He looked like he was going to punch someone. And, and maybe the desk was the issue, but like, I really feel like this moment needed like punching Ben hmm. because let me tell you, threatening to kill someone, not better. Yeah. So it's not like I feel better about Ben. Well, the um, thing is like the real threat here I, uh, of all the different things that could feel like a threat here. The real threat is that Ben has just very specifically hmm. <laughs> named two exact things from his past that Greg has told nobody else about in this, uh, in this series. Yep. So like, it, it's not just that I'll kill you or if you hurt her, it's like, Oh my God, he has the facts. You know, I don't know where he's gotten them, um, but he has accurate information that could probably bring me down quicker than his fists. So, well, I don't know if it could, if, if it's in a student file and he still got his job, but like, yeah, um, it's not something that's known and it's certainly not something that Felicity knows. Mm. And, and it's not something he wants widely known. Ben is like the last person he'd want to have this information. So like, that's the real, like, threat to his future um it is and it's like an amorphous threat to his future but i just feel like it was very anticlimactic like just don't say i'm gonna kill you then mm-hmm. like come in say and say like i know about the cocaine mm-hmm. i know about the arrests don't hurt her mm-hmm. and then leave like yeah. I don't know. It just didn't fit together for me. Like, mm-hmm. if you're going to say you're going to kill someone, hit them. If you're not going to say that, don't. Just mm-hmm. don't say it. Yeah. And I knew yeah. it would be better if you had just hadn't said it. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, so that happened. Um, mm-hmm. And that, that's a, that's a storm. Um, and then. And now Felicity and Dr. Pavone are together, which means. Mm-hmm. Ding, ding, ding. It is time for Melissa and I to fight. Okay. Well, so. <laughs> the, and when guess, you just take this in stride. You're like, I'm ignoring your whole bit. No, I'm uh, just looking through my notes. So, okay. So Pavone, uh, we catch this sort of like mid Felicity has like already sort of explained. I meant, I think we're meant to get that Felicity has explained and re-explained many times the same problem to Pavone while in this office. So Pavone is at the end of her rope in terms of patience here, I think. Um, she, but she's like, I don't understand the problem. Felicity's like, I'll tell you again. Like, it's like, okay, he gave you a job. She's like, yes. And she's like, but he gave you a job. She's like, yes, but he shouldn't have. She's like, but he gave you a job. And then she's like, but I wasn't more qualified. I don't deserve it. And she's like, well, are, so Pavone's saying, I could argue, 
I am arguing that you're sabotaging an opportunity for yourself. And she's like, but I don't deserve the opportunity. And that they kind of go around in the circle. And then Pavone says, look, I've got nothing against Jim, but there's going to be like 2000 gyms in your life and they'll get the job because they're a man. And Phyllis is like, well, I don't agree with that. And then, and then Pavone signs the form that Felicity has finished the community service. So that's basically like the main beats um, or the, or the overall picture. So what, what were you seeing in the scene fish? Well, I mean, I do agree with her point about, you know, 2000 gyms will get the jobs because they have a penis. Felicity's like, I don't agree. And she's wrong. Um, yeah, that's, I think that's where I got lost in this scene, to be honest, where Felicity didn't agree with that. I was like, this is not <laughs> like, well, what they're trying to set up here is, is Pavone, which she has done a number of times, sort of knocking down Felicity's. Well, okay. So actually I see very much here, Pavone taking on a Greg role. So she's knocking down Felicity's idealism and she is being very pragmatic. <laughs> and when Greg does it, I think it makes sense because he's running something in the real world. Mm-hmm. From a therapeutic perspective, when mm-hmm. you are actually trying to integrate someone into themselves, when you are trying to say, here, here are your values, you know, like, tell me what they are. Tell me how that integrates into your life. You don't turn around and say, your values are wrong, right? Mm-hmm. That's not the role of a therapist. Mm-hmm. The role of a therapist is to take you as you are and to help you, you know, achieve goals or, you know, get past trauma or as I keep saying, like integrate yourself, you know, make your actions consistent with your values, consistent with like, you know, body, mind, spirit. And what she's doing here instead is saying, you you have this value, which says, I should not date someone and, and benefit from that from a professional and monetary perspective. And I shouldn't get that job over someone else who is more qualified and use my sexuality basically to do it. Mm. And what Pavone is saying is, look, you know, women don't get these types of opportunities and men do and basically kind of a you have to ignore your values for the pragmatic reason that this is an opportunity you're getting and if it was an opportunity that she was getting say from like let's say she was getting it from like a friend or like a friend of her father's or like something like that where yes people get a leg up nobody gets where they are without help i can understand fully dr pavone's point there Mm -hmm. like idealism 
be damned. Like mm-hmm. that is kind of the way the world works right now. Mm-hmm. But her personal value is I don't want to use my sexuality to get forward in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's Dr. Pavone's like place as a therapist to say your value is wrong. Mm-hmm. But the thing that she's focusing on, Felicity seems to be focusing on when she's talking about this at this point in the conversation is he gave me the job, but I don't deserve it. And Pavone's like, no, she Who's says, to say I don't went, deserve it? she says, she first says, um, we went, I went to dinner mm-hmm. and then got the job. Mm-hmm. And then Pavone says, you're sabotaging an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And and Pavone's right. She's like, you know, you deserve an opportunity. Grow up, Jim. That part I don't have a problem with. Separated mm-hmm. from the we went to dinner, I'm using my sexuality to get this. Yeah, fair enough. I think I, I would agree with that line of thought too. I think that if Felicity's taking this all the way to I'm I am this is equating to I'm I, yeah, like if she's saying like, I see this as I am manipulating the situation with my sexuality and getting what I want from it. And, and I don't that's think she's doing it on purpose. That. See, that's the thing too. I don't think any of them it's, are doing it on purpose here. I think this I think... is a relationship that's forming. And she's also, I think, in my opinion, looking at what I know about what she said in her, in, in her pitch, like she has qualifications like, it's not like she's unqualified for the job. So it's like for her to sit here and say she doesn't deserve it is what I hear. Like, it's so tricky because in the real world, too, um, from two different standpoints, first of all, I cannot like all the time, I like as somebody who does small business marketing, I talk to small business owners who feel uncomfortable to approach people they know about their job to give, to get any sort of a leg up with their own personal connections because they feel icky. And it's like, you don't like, just tell a person what you do for a living. Like people stay so all the way away from it that to me, it looks like self-sabotage. And so I've had to have this conversation so many times from that standpoint where people feel morally gross saying to a person they know, I do a business and like, it's like, wow, that is so like, so I think my, my perspective on this has ha- like, sh- like softened maybe over the years where it's like opportunity, like to some degree, we self-sabotage when we don't take opportunities and like, or when we don't give ourselves the opportunity to have the opportunity. So this is a conversation I have all the time in my professional life. And then from a standpoint of women, I know way more women than I want to even try to count who don't apply or don't ask for the raise or don't that because they think they don't have that. Oh, I've got everything on this job description, except this one line. I'm not going to apply. I have had so many conversations with people. It's like, why are you making that decision? Like you just don't know what people are looking for. You let them make the choice. So I feel like I've been in Pavone's position so many times. And then you you are focusing on the layer of the, the sexuality piece. And I get that. But I think the message that Pavone's sending outside of that is so correct. 
Um, so it's like, I guess I want to like pull apart the pieces of this because. Yeah. And as I said, if it wasn't for Felicity saying, this is my value, Mm -hmm. you know, if this was a different situation, but look at the, look at the order this happened in, right? She kisses Greg. Maureen goes bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Um, Greg asks her out. Then Greg offers her the job. Mm-hmm. Then they go out on a date. Mm-hmm. Then she finds out from Greg in his own words that Jim is, quote, hands down better qualified at this job than her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me, they didn't do themselves any favors in this episode by the order they presented at this end. But I do believe all of this would still have been on the table had they presented it in a better order. I think there would still be a love interest happening, brewing, budding between Greg and Felicity, a genuine one. I think that Felicity would still have some level of qualifications for this open position. And I think that, you know, we have certainly haven't seen a whole lot from her in the art area recently, but you know, the pre-med thing was a, was a main focus for her in the past. And I think she's had a passion in that area that she's almost rediscovering by being at the health center. So I think there's a definite problem here in the order of this happening, but I believe that all of this is organic. It's just, they're presenting it in a terrible like order of operations. I, I think that everything think that's happening here reason, is genuine. But I think there's a reason that they do it in that order. Because I don't know if Greg would have given her the job if she hadn't gone out with him. I think so and he would have. I don't, you know, I don't know at this point. Because, and I'm thinking about this from like a Felicity perspective. She's going to have to grow up and live with whatever the choices she makes are. And to her... This seems like, and, you know, is fully backed up by Greg, that the only reason she got this job was because he liked her. And see, the thing is, I think that's a little bit unfair, too, for us as viewers, because when I see Jim, so if we think about Jim and Felicity's personalities, Jim is a guy who's going around the office and gossiping. Felicity basically took the fall for Maureen losing all of the files (laughs) like before the health center crashed and didn't raise that issue with anybody else on the team until Greg approached her, apologized and Felicity came in and saved his butt and didn't have to. So like, if I think about the person, like if I think about who's a person that's like potentially a workhorse versus a person who's potentially contributing to a gossiping environment on the team, like that would be right there a reason that I would evaluate them as team players so like there could be a bunch of different things to factor in here that go beyond um like how much time you've spent on the job because Felicity those those Felicity hands down asks Greg straight out am I as qualified but maybe that's not the question Like, yeah, qualification, Jim is better. Okay, great. 
Is that the absolute only thing to be considered for a job? I would say no. In fact, for me, qualification has never been something that's been the highest priority for me in the jobs that I've filled. For me, I'm often looking at personality and how teams mesh. So it's like- The personality part of it is, is the only reason, only reason you gave me this job because you like me and he says yes and for me i find that it is completely fine at that point in time for felicity be pissed at him sure and then don't take the job but there's also pavon saying take an opportunity if you want it don't take an opportunity if you don't want it you're leaving an opportunity on the table and i think that's accurate too And so she's saying that her ideals are more important to her and that's great. That's the choice that she wants to make here. But like, I don't think that Pavone's wrong in how she's put it either. I do. I think by saying you're sabotaging an opportunity directly conflicts with Felicity trying to say, I have a set of ideals and values here. Yeah. It directly conflicts. And that's the world. I think but a I lot of times. I don't think that's the role of a therapist to tell you that your values are wrong. Yeah. That's I don't know about of the someone role else. of a therapist. I think the, I think that is the world. And I have made many decisions in my own career that have been about ideals that, that, that tanked me. And I knew that I was evaluating it based on looking in the mirror. And had I been sitting there and saying, it should be fair. That's not something that I should complain about because that's not like a factor. It's like, you can make idealistic choices or you can make choices that advance you further. Sometimes, sometimes it does come down to that. And um, I have found that every time I've made the choice about what would make me look in the mirror better, it was worse for my career. And that is something that I accept, but mm-hmm. like, and that's something that Felicity does and she accepts because that's, I mean, she kind of does find a little bit of a, a middle ground for it. Well, they but, might, they kind of magic trick their way through yeah. some things here, but I think I, I do not disagree with Pavone that these things are at odds. And I don't think that it's, unfair for Felicity to be aware that they are at odds. Like they are very often at our odds in the real world. And she could say that they are at odds, but she just, I don't think Dr. Pavone should be making a case against Felicity's emerging like value system, like saying sabotage is a value statement. You, she could have said anything like, you know, I think you're hurting your chances. I, get I, in, I think for you know, me, this opportunity, the same thing. Like I, I absolutely mm. would use a sabotage from word sabotage for myself in the, in the situations that I'm thinking of for myself, but I felt fine about sabotaging it in a certain way. Like, <laughs> like, you know, like I, it's like, I am, I am tanking this to look in the mirror tomorrow and feel okay about myself. And I just tanked it. <laughs> Like those things were both true at exactly the same time. And Pavone is like, she, she, first of all, she shoots them straight. She's going to give you her opinion. 
But I also have a feeling that we're entering this conversation like 40 minutes into Felicity telling her the same thing over and over again. And it's like, well, what are you, why are you here? Like, what are you doing about this? Um, I think it's I think similar to the hard. Yeah. Well, I think it's similar to this. what we saw the last episode where she was like, it's not Greg's problem. This whole morning after pill business, like you like, and it's like, Still, no matter how many times you tell me this should be Greg's problem, it is not his problem. And Felicity's like, oh, it's mine. Pavone's like, uh-huh. So I think Pavone is way off with the kids' kid gloves. Like she's she does not use kid gloves with Felicity whatsoever. Um, no, but I think she's just a hundred percent wrong in her role here. Like saying you're sabotaging it, you deserve the opportunity, grow up, Jim, 2000 Jim will get it because they have a penis she is just like conflating a whole bunch of things here and if if felicity was to take her advice let's say she does she goes and she's like all right i'm not going to sabotage the opportunity then she's got this job where she's like dating her boss and she what does she owe him sex like what happens when the relationship doesn't work out like he's paying her like the only reason he gave her the job you know she's undermining her own self-worth like knowing that that's why she got it like if she can get over all that stuff and say that to us fine but that does not seem to be where she is right now she's pissed at greg she's got a good reason to be pissed at greg and pavone has absolutely no right to come at her like this It's yeah. just my view. Well, I think we've, I think we've put out a bunch of different angles of this. I think that I am looking at some different layers here than, than you're looking at. You're looking at some different ones than I'm looking at. And I think I, I totally understand your point of view about like, if this is about sex, don't do it. I have an impossible time believing this is all about sex. And I think that might be a writing issue. Um, I, I just believe that like there is a budding relationship with Greg and that Felicity has like is qualified enough to be considered for this role and there may be other factors here i really don't think jim was presented to me as somebody that i want on my team jim looks like a guy who's going to gossip his way through the office and potentially create a toxic culture like that i've seen jim's like i i just in many by many different names by many different like descriptions and like give me a workhorse Give me and, somebody who's keep like, who's going to help you get the stuff done uh, and, and not cause a problem in the office. Like, then Greg should have said that. That's yeah, he probably should have, which to me is more of like, a, maybe had he said a couple things differently in like the writer's room, maybe they worked it out differently. But I don't, I don't throw away all the stuff that I already know about these characters. Like I, I, I think there's so much truth to what is happening here that I I just don't buy that this is all about sex. Well, sex slash relationship, caring about people, which I just, you know, this is how discrimination happens. Like, I don't think it's okay. But uh, I don't think we're ever, you said we're never going to see Jim again. So we never get his, like, backstory and qualifications. I I might eat my words on that, but I'm pretty sure that Jim is a one episode guy, but we'll, we'll see. Which makes sense. Um, Quick question. So when you're doing work study, like how many hours a semester are you doing? Oh, 
that. You know what? I really don't remember. Um, but like five or like 500. no, a lot more than that. So it was, it was weekly shifts, multiple shifts. It might've been a couple shifts a week. It could have been five hours a week. Um, for how much, forever many weeks there were in the semester. It was a pretty good amount. You could do more. I think like you could do, I, I had limits cause I was a gymnast too. And I had a full academic course load. So there might've been people who were, who were pulling down a lot of shifts and I'm not sure if there was a cap, I'm but I think even with envelope. me, yeah, even so that's what's, that's still only 60 hours, like a semester. Does that sound right? Could be. But that would be for that might have been like a minimum. Like I, I um, because I had athletics going on too. Yeah, I'm guessing there were people who pulled down a lot more shifts. So let's say over over Jim's tenure, he's done 120 hours at a minimum. Mm -hmm. Felicity hasn't even done 50. Mm -hmm. So. I think there's also a lot to be yeah. said for like his performance has been evaluated. Well, we also don't know how to compare apples to apples here. Cause I don't know if Jim had previous work before this, because if she's worked at, you know, like the Stanford health clinic in her dad's office, I don't know what, I, I don't know if I'm comparing apples to apples here. Um, if yeah. Jim has had tons of experience before this, plus uh, plus that, then that's one thing, but Felicity names, you know, more than one job that she's had at medical offices or, or similar types of clinics. So, uh, yeah. all we know, blood at the drive. End of the day, yeah, there was that one, one time or more when she, maybe that was at the Stanford blood. health clinic. Um, uh, that was at her high school, wasn't it? Oh, geez, ben okay. Was, so Ben was there. Yeah. So uh, I mean, she's definitely had experience not looking at their resume side by side. It's like impossible to know who has more actually like, but we all, um, all we know is that Greg obviously thinks the gym is better for the job. He does. He's, he's, he says that he's more qualified, but, no, but he also says the only reason that he gave Felicity jobs because he likes her. Yeah. For me, that's a problem with the writing because I see no, no way you can argue with me that like. Felicity is unqualified for this job. You know, like, I, I don't, I don't. But like, if he didn't like her, there. he wouldn't have given her the job is the point. If he did I, not have a romantic attachment to her, he is saying, I would not have given you the job. I think that's unfortunate that they have him, that they have that in writing for him, because I don't, the people that they're presenting to me look like they are not that far apart. And Felicity looks like a better worker by a lot. So it's like, but that's not the decision that was being made. Yeah. To me, that's a problem with the writing. To me, that is not something world. I believe about what we've gotten to this point. Like I'm I not prepared to believe it. Yeah. So that's, I think that's where <laughs> our, like the fundamental part of this disagreement comes from because I'm, I fully believe that Felicity is an asset to the health center from everything that I've seen. And looking at Jim, while he may have done a lot of hours at the health center, 
this is, if I could choose somebody who's going to be like, like griping around the office versus somebody who's going to get it done, like that's going to weigh pretty heavily in my choices. Is it going to be the deciding factor? Maybe not. You're not the one making the decision. Greg is. Yeah. So we have to look at how Greg makes decisions. Yeah. And I still like, she's been shadowing him. She's been getting things done. He, he goes to her to save his butt when Maureen loses all of the files. He didn't go to Jim or Jim didn't say yes. Like Felicity dropped everything and fixed it, you know? So it's just like what they've presented to me up until this point makes me not believe that that's actually the only reason that he's doing this. And so I, I don't know. And he continues to be, um, a little flippant, I think, as we continue the conversation here, because at least Javier has decided that he is not going to get lipo. Hmm. He is really carrying this on. <laughs> like, this is like it's at a least decision. The second episode. Um, you know. Well, yeah, he's made a choice. He's you know he was weighing it out, and now he's made a choice. He made a choice. He got to see the footage and he's taken two things away from it. First one, he's not a bad looking guy. Yeah, that's good. You know? Yeah. And second, his English is fantastic. Those are great things. Those are great yeah. things. Um, so this, this is happening. This is also not documentary style. Uh, they're at Dean and DeLuca, Javier's doing all this stuff. And then Greg shows up. And yes. um, he needs to talk to Felicity. Yeah. Has Ben talked to you? He says um, they, they step outside Dean and DeLuca. They're outside. They're outside now. And um, they're having a conversation in privacy and or at least with just the people on the street hearing them. Um, so Greg is like, has Ben talked to you? This perks Felicity's ears up a bit. Like, why? Mm-hmm. What? He's like, well. Just need to tell you, I had a drug problem. I got help. I'm clean. Felicity is like, why are you telling me this? Yeah. He's like, well, I want to tell you before Ben could. She's like, Ben? Mm-hmm. She's really, she, she has no idea which way is up right now. It's like, wh- how does Ben know? Why does he talk? Like, what, what, what is happening here? Um, Greg chooses not to tell her the worst version of this story where like Ben came into my office and threatened my life. Like he doesn't say that. He just says Ben was being protective, which is such a generous way to explain what just happened. (laughs) But it's exactly what, I mean, no, it's not exactly what was happening because maybe I don't think Greg really knows the full history there, Yeah, but like at least a part i think of ben was being productive the same no i do agree with that and i don't mean to say greg was generous and like oh we should all be grateful to greg i think it's like why is he being yeah like i'm actually confused why he's choosing not to say that like he's he could be sinking ben um he doesn't seem petty to me guess not um i mean this could have been delivered in a way where Felicity is Felicity goes away from this conversation riled up about Ben anyway, but like 
this could have been way worse really damaging like for for ben um deliberately and he deliberately didn't make it as damaging as he could so it was like oh you just had this argument this guy told you 63 percent of you is a dick yeah like there's not really a lot of reason why he'd be protecting ben in this moment but i mean so here's the other thing about addicts especially if he's fairly newly uh you know sober slash in recovery and you know less than two years in is and and a lot of people are you know really stick to this and continue to do it throughout their lives there is just this brutal honesty Mm. that comes with sobriety and it is drummed into everyone's head that if you step away from this uh you will end up kind of with resentments you will end up relapsing like you have to be honest and you have to live with this just this 100 percent honesty in your life and so i think part of us is seeing that come out in greg and it's not pc but it is his truth it is his honesty and you know that's why i said earlier like at least he's honest mm-hmm. you know and he's gonna continue to do it so it's, it's like yeah i think his obsessed his assessment was do i really think ben's gonna kill me no like he was coming in he was being productive am i gonna give him the benefit of the doubt yeah okay well and then that's he, what he does yeah he pretty much goes on like a, a what's that called stream of consciousness mm-hmm. uh again with the honesty and you know, he's talking about how long he works and like having felicity there has changed his day and the grunt work that he has to do like he hasn't been feeling motivated and her being around just makes him feel better mm-hmm. and and then he says of... and i still don't i just it's sloppy here so they they he says i think i found a way to get both you and jim back at the health center and Felicity kind of prods him on that and she realizes, oh, the thing that would get us there is you taking a pay cut. Yeah. Again, I don't understand <laughs> how that's a thing because if it's a headcount, yeah. headcount and budget are two different things. Often they seem like they should be tied together, but headcount is different than budget. So he earlier yeah. cited headcount as the limit. And if now, I don't know. Maybe, maybe behind the scenes, he's been really like going to bat for this and trying to like make uh, negotiations. But um, uh, I mean, on the face of it, to Dean Allison. Yeah. On the face of it, this doesn't make sense, but I don't, I don't want to get too hung up on it. Like he's saying (laughs) that this can maybe be a solution. Um, She's like, no, I don't accept that. You don't get to take a pay cut. Like, (laughs) like that's not a thing. You work really hard there. She's like, I'll be a volunteer. Yeah. So He's like, let me. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I can pay you to work here, but you can't volunteer here. I know. So it's... clearly, <laughs> I've got clout with 
some people. <laughs> and the more we talk about this, the more spun around I am because I feel like we understand <laughs> what reality is, you know, in the world. And then like, there's this, um, the point that the world of this show choice here. <laughs> yeah. Felicity's like, no, you're not going to take a pay cut. I am going to go lie to Doug and scare him off. Yeah. She's like, okay, so if what I need to do is get rid of the current <laughs> volunteer, I will That's do that. That's not what I thought she was going to do. Yeah. That, is, that was not, yeah, and that was definitely Especially not... for somebody who's all like morals, you know, like the whole thing is I know. like, I've got morals. And so she walks up to Doug at the health center. This really and surprised like, me. Hey, new guy, good luck with all the blood and the severed hands. Um, <laughs> he's like, What? really blood and lots of like people with maybe severed hands and she's like well okay no um (laughs) i just want the volunteer position and you have it but if you give it to me i'll owe you and how great will that be that somebody owes you a favor and doug is like wait 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 volunteer (laughs) i know this whole thing was unnecessary every single thing was totally unnecessary here um doug was the linchpin of this whole operation and and Doug, we will continue to see. But what I thought Felicity was going to do was go do something else that required her to get more community service, oh. which I again realized wouldn't have worked. Well, no, maybe it would have worked because the the work study position got taken away, but not necessarily the comm serve position. So that's where I thought she was going with this. And then she shows up and starts talking about blood with Doug. And I was like, what? You just have to like, I don't know, live in the world of this show, I guess. I don't know. It's, it's just not, I wonder, um, but we're going to get actually kind of a nice scene next. So we're back to the documentary style. And this one's just a solo interview with Tracy. We love Tracy. Yeah. This was really nice. Um, It's tough being pre-med. You know, it's not as easy as he makes it look. He did, he's didn't have any social life until he met Miss Competitive, being mm-hmm. Elena. Um, so he's really like, this doesn't come, that, it comes naturally, but not that naturally. Like he's put a <laughs> lot of work in and he's really sacrificed a lot to be so good at what he's doing. And he makes this comment about Elena that really shows you where he is with her. Mm-hmm. where i only wrote down part of it fish do you have the whole thing oh yeah i thought this was so sweet he says uh so i think sean says you know why do you think she's so competitive and and tracy says you know i think it's really funny you know that she's she's competitive because she's elena is always trying to prove herself to everyone but she's the one person who doesn't have to. Yeah, she's one person who doesn't have to prove herself to anyone. Um, no. I just I think he might have said, in my mind, she's the one. It's I just, don't know. I don't think he he qualified it at all. He didn't. Okay. Um, yeah. What a nice, because what we've been seeing from him is just like, I'm going to rile her up. I'm going to get her attention. I'm going to be, I'm going to like needle her with this competitiveness and like, mm-hmm. he, uh, underneath it is this. Yeah. It's a return to the the sexy Tracy of 
when Noel burst in and and didn't know how to resolve his relationship problems. Yeah. Yeah. Things that start with baby just always end well. I think that's why this works because he knows when and how to push her. But I think he's also very aware of, uh, I don't know. I feel like him saying stuff like this tells me that he gets where her limits are maybe, or he's thought about it, or he's thought about where this is coming from, Mm -hmm. um, where he can tackle this in a way that's like, I'm doing, I don't know, like he can be sensitive to that. Um, I think he, part of what he gets off on is how he makes her feel, which he has to understand in order to get off on. Yeah, that's much so. He said. is very empathetic. He he feels what she feels, and he he is caring about it. Like he doesn't, you know, he does a funny dance, right? That's mm-hmm. that's not being super aggressive. Yeah, it is. It's a dance. It's. You, you put that much better than I did. So I'm not going to try to qualify it anymore. Um, <laughs> like the scene okay. wrap, let's just put it, let's just print that. Um, moving on. It's just, yeah, I like it. Um, and then, okay. Sean and Richard, they're <laughs> editing again. Yeah. We need emotion. We need tears. Yep. Ben uh, comes in. He's yep. done with community service. What? is very happy yeah yeah is is al still alive yes (laughs) al's alive um but so ben just just came his he wrapped it up his last job was with al and turns out while he was working somebody returned into the lost and found a whole package of stuff with noel's name on it yep and oh that's lucky yeah and richard's like ooh. I think we've got our tears. Mm-hmm. And so he and Sean rush up to Noel and we get Richard. The documentary again. Yes. And Richard, you know, while Sean's behind the camera, Richard yep. gets down on his knees <laughs> in front of Noel and says to him, We are your guardian angels. Mm. Like they go through this whole thing about, you know, how much would you love to have these books back? He's like, yeah, I want them back. It's like, well, we're here. Like you may have thought we were just annoying gnats, but Mm -hmm. actually we're your guardian angels. And he presents to Noel the brown paper bag (laughs) (laughs) that contains all of these, these blue books. And Noel opens it and starts just taking them out slowly and and spreading them across his lap and says you've had these the whole time these all along yeah they didn't really think this through no (laughs) because in fairness they didn't have it the whole time they didn't a little bit but i appreciate that it would look like they had manipulated this situation from yeah, that like standpoint, I kind of felt like, like maybe we missed a scene where Richard removed the blue books uh-huh. from that first, you know, um, first scene in the 
in the classroom and was like, hee, 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 I'm going to hide these for later. But that's not what happens. No, they just, um, it no. Was, they just lucked into this moment. But unfortunately, Noel takes it that they had actually stolen the blue books to begin with. And, you know, they were returning it for emotion. And so Sean makes the mistake of being like, just all you need to do is say thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and Noel gets up and he's like, thank you. And then he just punches the camera. <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming he punches Sean, who then falls over with the camera. But yeah, this this was quality. This was this was, this was. That was emotion. Yeah. We're going to cut from that to oh Javier's, then another interview with Javier about how cute Julie is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like a muffin. That's like and a as we as we know from Javier, muffins are more important than health. That's what we've established. Yeah. And then he tries to go down the track that he went with the null topic. And he was like, if I weren't gay. <laughs> no, no, no. I still wouldn't want Julie, but she's very cute. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I just can't. I can't. I can't. <laughs> he's like, I can't. Trying. And then he's like, I sorry. No. I can't thing. imagine. <laughs> it's a what look, it's she has girly parts and I can't. But her butt cute. is like a muffin. Yeah, those things are all true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Oh, Julie. Oh, we're Julie. gonna head to Epstein Bar. Um, we are going to see Julie outside. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. We do see Julie. Okay. Oh my gosh. Do we see Julie? Yeah. We see the leprechaun Julie that, that only exists here in this moment. She has on a giant green crocheted hat, Mm. a green jacket, a, a sparkling green necklace green earrings and we're only seeing her from mid up because she's sitting okay so leprechaun julie is here Mm -hmm. yep and just a mini scene yeah this is another interview and very loaded since sean's the one asking the questions but she's he's asking her what she's looking for in a guy (laughs) basically she's like Someone who loves me for me, despite all the obvious problems. He's like, hmm, check. She's like, I'm never going to find it. And Sean's like, yeah, you will. I'm right here. Oh, my goodness, Sean, poor (laughs) Sean. Um, Yes, so that happens. And then we head to Epstein Bar. Yes. Where we are going to have uh, a confrontation. Felicity finds Ben there. Mm-hmm. where did you find out about Greg? Yeah. Like basically, why are you getting up in my business? But she keeps saying, where did you find out about Greg? He reveals that he found it in the student file. She's like, you had no right. And Ben mm-hmm. <laughs> was like, oh, well, you did that to me last year. Same exact thing. <laughs> yeah. she was, and like, she's like, it's not were- the same. It was last year. He's like, but no. Nah. <laughs> he's like, it's different because you know it's just like one of that, like just what? Um, and he's like, well, why is it different? She's like, but because I was in love with you. 
Well, she says, I was stupid and irrational and, and in love with you. Uh-huh. And Ben and we, says nothing. We just linger on his face and we're like, is he going to say it? This is probably not a good time to say it. Um, no. He doesn't. No. Oh, his face says everything. His face says everything. And we linger on this long enough. We're honestly, honestly, Felicity. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. I mean, like what? It all well, for, actually does add up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, first we linger on his face and he's saying nothing. And then finally he's like, yeah, whatever. And he gets up and leaves. He gets up and leaves. And then we linger even longer on Felicity's face. And I mean, I don't know what's going to happen in the next episodes as always, but to me, she is at least very, very seriously considering that Ben is in love with her. You think? Absolutely. It feels to me like she's still totally clueless. On purpose almost. Like, again, I don't know what's going to happen, but her expression to me said, like, not quite oh shit, he's in love with me. But like, is it possible? Hmm. Well, okay. I'm going to look for this in the next episode and see what, see what I'm reading there. But gosh, I mean, how could she not? Like, this is ridiculous now. Mm. Um, how many, <laughs> come on. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> But we're Melissa gonna go- has been waiting for them to get back together. I mean, at a certain point, like ha- <laughs> you can't just keep walking around being like two plus two equals four. It doesn't add up. Like I, I, I you know, like it's just like <laughs> Felicity, just open your freaking eyes. Like I know it's as an audience member, you're meant to see more of this, but man, it hasn't been that subtle. You know, it really hasn't. But she also ha- she also is having like a serious issue with Greg, and she's got to so, stuff with her family. I mean, I get yeah, it, I get it. But yeah. like, uh, also, you're oof. right. I mean, the number of times that he's called Greg a dick in front of her, and yeah. for her to always be like, "I don't get what your problem is with Greg." Like, come on, <laughs> like, you get it. You have to get it at some point, right? Can you get it now? Anytime, anytime <laughs> you want to get it. Oh, um, I guess that's what we're supposed to be feeling, right? Like, I, I think we're supposed to feel frustrated. Like, yeah. they're, you know, they're trying not to pull a, a Ross and Rachel. What a mess. Um, we're going to go back to the health center, not documentary style again. And then uh, Jim gives Felicity a flower. She's behind the desk again. Uh, all's well that ends well. <laughs> like, no, Doug. Doug is nowhere to be found. They're both back at the health Not center. Yes. Where is Doug, though, Fish? Um, well, we'll get to him in a minute because okay. Greg here says, I'm glad you're back. Huh. And he leans over and he gives Felicity a kiss. Okay. And then he says, Now we're even. Ah. So, this is what I was referring to way at the beginning where he hmm. was like, I owe you one. So was he purely talking about a kiss or was he talking about everything that just happened? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. 
I didn't even clock those lines. Um, interesting. I don't even have Greg in my notes here. Um, <laughs> well, okay. Uh, you never know when you're still going to be writing. Like I, I enjoy that you clocked that that Jim gave her a flower. <laughs> that was still and writing. Greg Jim gave her a flower no, at the point when you clocked was the Greg. Nowhere one. in this scene. That's why we have to have both of us writing notes because, yes. like, you write and you write and you write, and you never know the parts yeah. that you miss, um, and you miss parts. I fully agree. Dang it! But we do now get a parting shot of Doug, who is holding on his plate. Uh, something that looks very similar to uh, Julie's butt. A muffin. Mm-hmm. Which he calls a, a bagel. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I he... think this is a bagel. And he's a real slow talker. Kind of like very. that one lab partner that Melina had for a minute. Oh. And um, Javier comes over. He's like handing it to a customer. And Javier like whisks him away. He's like, okay, Doug, let's, let's <laughs> learn how to use Mr. Mop. And, um, <laughs> that's, that's the world. Um, yeah. So and, he, and, and Javier has a bagel and hands it to the customer and says, he's new. Yeah. I don't think this is a new person issue. This is uh if you don't know the difference between a muffin and a bagel, you got some problems. Um, yeah. Doug has some problems. Yeah. So we're going to close out here. So first, um, Sean, is leaving a message or listening to a message from the independent film channel and ben storms in <laughs> doesn't want to talk it's been a it's been a day you made it very clear been don't want to talk about day. it just walks away and we're gonna close with one more scene from the documentary so and good. uh meg he is interviewing megan He's like, why are you an RA? Tell, tell me about all that. She's like, uh, it was a bet. <laughs> and uh, here I am. I'm an RA. He's like, well, what do you get for the bet? And she's like, this, this is it. I lost the best. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he closed yeah. with Javier's impression of Megan. Megan, she Whoa. scares me to death. Yeah. And she in the scene, Megan has, she has a skull behind her. She has a red sort of, it's either, it's a fluffy boa or like some lingerie with like fluffy red stuff on it. Like the perfect hair, the perfect makeup. And, um, you know, she's, she's, I don't know if she's done this for Sean or not, but she's definitely got a look. And did she learn nothing from last year? I mean, she thought that Felicity was going to quit and she didn't like, she's got to stop making these bets. Mm-hmm. She's just wrong. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's our episode. Fish, did you have any censorable lines that you wanted to share? Yeah. So I'm going to say these are all the same joke. Okay. Okay. Um, and I cheated. Oh, so well, that's fine. So, sin. That, that's a good preface. We're going into the what the glove did they say segment and Fish has self-acknowledged that there's cheating that's happened. Okay. Yep. So instead of necessarily censoring something, I actually inserted gloves. Oh. Just so it would work. Okay. Okay. Um, so as I said, all the same joke. We're just going to go right through them. So the first one is uh, Ben and Sean 
and uh, Sean trying to convince Ben, um, you know, let's let's do this whole thing. And Ben saying, yeah, I got plans. Ben says, I'm getting all my service out of the way. I got six jobs over 72 hours and then I'm done. So Sean says, good. We'll come to visit you at those jobs. Ben says, you're not coming to visit me at those jobs. All right. Sean says, oh, okay. Hey, uh, listen, you like, you think Felicity will want to participate? Ben says, no. Sean goes, really? Will you help us convince her? Ben says, no. Probably through the glass at that point. So, hmm. yeah, he's got a, he's got six jobs to do in 72 hours. Hmm. And Sean and Richard want to come and film them. Okay. Seems fair. Mm-hmm. I like that. So, same thing. We got Felicity here talking on the, uh, the documentary to Sean. And Felicity says, I really want that job. Sean says, why? And Felicity says, because it'd be a great experience and plus a little more money. Mm-hmm. But, uh, what kind of job is Felicity going to do that would give her experience and, and a little money? Lawn mowing. Hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yep. She's going to have to fight for that one. Okay. And then last one, we've got uh, Greg here talking about how amazing Felicity is. Oh. He says, what can I say? You're unbelievably hardworking. Felicity says, Jim could do the job at least as well as I could. True or false? Greg says, hands down. True. Felicity says, then I don't want the job. So um, what do you think that Felicity could do with her hands down better than Jim could? Piano tuning. You don't think either of them would need their hands for that? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) She's going to go with it. Yep, that's, I'm going with it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. That's it. All right. Wow. Done. Well, that for was the a... record, the word glove there the whole time is blow. Oh, got it. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's that's for Melissa. Everyone else knew. <laughs> that was the what the glove did they say segment. Um, hmm. Well, Fish, we have a couple entries for our favorite segment. After you listen to this tape, you have to erase it. Um, Okay. So to be really honest, there weren't, there wasn't feedback that felt like perfectly suited for this, but we've had a couple comments about Tracy that I I wanted to pull in. Um, Cause I do, I do feel like we get some good moments with him here. So um, Mm -hmm. at insta.mickey says when he came to the show, I was like, oh my God, clueless Dion's boyfriend. (laughs) Yeah. But Tracy has that twist of being sweet and intelligent. So major points for that. I'm not a fan of extra competitive people. So maybe that's why Elena is not my favorite, but Tracy makes fun of that sometimes. So he brings a much needed lightness to her, I guess. 
uh, I think that's true. I love him in just about everything he's been in. I mean, I probably love him in everything he's been in, but there may be a couple of things I missed out. But kind of feel like he plays a similar character. I mean, he's always got some complexity to him, but it's like smart, kind of a, you know, um, smart ass, uh, charming, you know, I mean, he does the same thing with Dion. Like, Dion really gives it to him. And, like, he just takes it and smiles and is really charming and hilarious. Yeah. Well, that kind of dovetails with the other one that I wanted to share. So, at Vanessa Manet said, I love his low-key sarcasm. It goes well with her snarky persona. Mm. Um, Yeah, I do think that it pairs really well. But I think what we saw in this episode that fact that like he has a sensitivity that's lying under it. Like he's thought about Elena in a deeper way. And so it works and you can feel, you can feel that. I feel that for all of, again, for all of his roles, Mm -hmm. like they don't all come out and say it in this way, but like, it's always there. It's like, he really cares about Dion. And she cares about him too. Like, you know, and I mean him and, and Zach Braff, I mean, they're just like the couple of the world forever. They win. Well, we, we love that feedback. I'll just mention it here. If thank you to anybody who sends us feedback at any point. And if you want to send us feedback, or about this episode, any characters, any future episode, Felicity fan art, you can do any of that. You just send it to us at the Melissafish at gmail.com. It's Melissa with one L, two S's, the Melissafish at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at Felicity Podcast. If you want to know when we drop a new episode, you can sign up for our newsletter where if, wherever you're listening to this. Go look for the show notes where there's written stuff about this episode and the link is in there. And while you're doing that, go ahead and rate and review us. Just helps the more people that do that, the more easier it is for other people who enjoy the show Felicity to find this community. So it's a little bit of housekeeping there, but Fish, let's go ahead and rate this episode. Okay. Did you want to jump in on that? Do you want me to go? Okay, I will rate this one in the unit of boom mics. Because, <laughs> oh, gosh, that was so great. Um, I'm going to give this one an 8.6 out of 10. And most, I think this episode is so funny. And there's like a lot of really great humor. And it's very memorable, very distinct. But I'm having a problem with how sloppily written Greg's story Greg is. is. <laughs> um, like we came up with a lot of holes today, mm. even more than we've seen before. And I do think that the point of Greg still comes across fine, but like the boy, uh, <laughs> like <laughs> it is, it is, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't make a lot of sense actually. And I feel like somebody didn't compare notes episode to episode to make sure that all this was tracking. And so I'm getting a little stuck in it. And that's my main argument with this episode that it's like not really all lining up. And um, 
And so that's, that's problematic. And some of the conflict in this episode doesn't really exist. So it's like, oh, okay, well, we live in the episode world that we're in right now. And so it will exist here. But in the real world, these, some of these things wouldn't be a factor. It's like, eh, I don't know. So 8.6 out of 10 boom mics. Nice. Yeah, I don't really like the fact that Jim just kind of showed up out of nowhere. Um, yeah. That was a little weird. And like, I agree on the Greg stuff. However, it doesn't really bug me that much. Um, I think I am kind of able to just sort of waffle my way through it and focus on the um, themes, I guess would be the way to put it. Yeah. Um, I guess my main issues were the cop out at the end where like Doug just didn't know he was getting paid and went away. Mm -hmm. Um, And as we have discussed at length, (laughs) you know, I don't like how that then allows Felicity to not actually have to like, I don't know, make a choice or like say where her values lie. And I don't like the role that Dr. Pavone plays in this at all. Like I just disagree on a fundamental level that she should be doing this. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think the Tracy and Elena stuff is adorable. And I think the Richard and Sean stuff is hilarious. And the stuff with Ben is just amazing. Um, and I love the callbacks to, to season one. And so I'm very ambivalent about this one. Like I really liked some things and I really didn't like other things. So I'm coming down at a seven. Like, it's not a five. It's not like a fully, like, I liked it more than I disliked it. But, like, there were a lot of things I didn't like. Okay. That seems fair. Well, next time, we are going to watch an episode called Party Lines. Fish? So you've told me about that this might be the one that I, that was the one that I probably wouldn't like Greg if I wasn't going to like him. Um, um, I'm trying to remember if it's this one or running mates, but it's, you know, I mean, clearly this seems to be about the fact that they're going to run for some office. Yeah. I've, I've dropped you already spoiled that. so many times yeah. for you. That, like, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's where this about. kicks off for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, we'll get into it. We will. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's everything for today. Is there anything we missed somehow today? I can't imagine that's almost impossible yeah all right well until next time fish don't hook up with ben while i'm gone i'm a fish bye bye everyone